Hello, and welcome to episode 118 of the Gaming Fix podcast on this April 25th. I'm your host, Andre Cole, aka your partner's favorite scented candle. I am joined today by Pat. Does it. I don't have a. I, don't, I, don't, I can't. My you brain. That causes him. the gears in my brain to just stop. Killing it. On ya. Old age. Also joining me, yeah. Alex. Uh, the candle scent I have right next to me is just straight up leaves. That's, I, that's maple very leaves. Funny. No, I don't know. It's just leaves. Okay. Well, let's make like a tree and get out of here to talk to Allison. Hey, I, again, I just that, that's also stopped the gears of my brain from working and I'm very tired. So, oh, come on. <laughs> I'm just going to keep making gears references if you guys keep talking about gears. Sam. Happy birthday, Pat. Thank you. And also joining us, special also, guest, birthday, guest returning Jeffrey Davis. Yay. Yay. Yeah, so um, a colleague of mine is actually obsessed with Yankee uh, Yankee Candle Company, um, and so I'm going to say my scent is somewhere in between sandalwood and uh, the nearest thing which I have to hand, which is cough syrup. What? So, uh, <laughs> cough syrup candle. <laughs> sounds great. The, sounds like the a prank. Thing, the one thing I do love is when candles have like, no, have like such vague scents that you're just like, yeah. like I don't know, like it has like like when you get to see a candle and has a flag on it, is like the scent is freedom, and you're like, what does that mean? <laughs> what does freedom smell like? I don't know. These are the and questions then you smell it, and then it asking. just smells like candle, and you're just it's, like, it's, what? It's it's it smells like like uh, very cheap whiskey, cigarettes, and gunpowder. That's what freedom smells like. <laughs> Oh, Vince McMahon. Okay, yeah, exactly. yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Vince McMahon also sm- never smoked like, a cigarette. Vince McMahon also <laughs> smells like oil. He's more of a. I would assume he has other vices. We'll say since we're actually mm. live on a podcast now, mm. I won't. <laughs> mm. I won't speculate about Vince McMahon's substance mm-hmm. use. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how litigious birthday, that Pat. man is. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Uh, Sam's uh, video window is too funny. It's it's but. Sam is currently stepping out of frame, so we we're using Zoom backgrounds. His is of the game he's brought, and now out of nowhere, occasionally a door appears in the middle of it because he's stepping <laughs> in the, out. In the background. But, he, but the the background like keeps the thing on the door, so he's just opening the picture and stepping he's through opening it. The world into he's anime. also he's also opening his package right now. He stepped um, into anime and out of anime. Not that now, one. Now he's doing the, an unboxing live. The, the the cardboard box package. All right, so uh, he, he's r- trying to get the autofocus to work. He's got his hand behind the package. Oh boy. Oh, now he's. It looks like he's the camera. See, this doing? is really disorienting because this the is like great moving, podcasting too. By the way, is that oh, we're yeah. like watching this? <laughs> it's fine. Now we're going to what, what's in the package? What's in the package? What's in the box? Oh, it's Okay, so I thought it was going to be like a fun candle. <laughs> Airpods, Airpods, I thought candle. it was going to be something video game related, and that's why you were opening it now. <laughs> yeah, no, no doing ASMR unboxing. Alex, you can 
isolate this audio track later. I'm going to definitely <laughs> mute that in the real recording. <laughs> Uh, all right. Okay. Well, let's talk about video games, not AirPods. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you want to talk about how your AirPods <laughs> affirm your your class positions? <laughs> he he can do that when he comes back yeah. next time uh, after he's had some time to use them or something. I say as someone who kind of wants to buy some AirPods, so you know, after but <laughs> my second pair of AirPods. That's how you can tell that I'm uh, upper class. Bag. Uh, <laughs> wait, you know, where do you, the wrist? So uh, wait, 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 wait. So. Two pe- okay, so one for each ear. Where do the other two go? <laughs> they only last like two years. Oh, the only last what? there's a really so, there's a whole great story. There, so okay, that, that's like oh, an Apple shit. thing where it's like yeah. planned obsolescence. The, the battery is so small because it's inside the stem a, of the AirPod. Uh, oh. uh, they're, yeah. they're not repairable because they're a sealed unit. Caroline also, Haskell wrote a really really Apple good article. Doesn't for like Vice. you to repair things. Oh. Anyway, sorry for interrupting, Andre. I was just going to say, uh, because we've got the ever looming threat of baby Todd Howard, um, <laughs> we're going we're to start with Sam no, so he can, Zoom he can do Todd his Howard. JRPG update because I think there's a subset of our listeners who are itching. They've got a rash and the only ointment is news about Trails of Cold Steel. Oh, God. Yeah, I think uh, Pat's mom specifically asked. Uh, she asked for this ointment. I was doing. I talked to yeah help. a few weeks ago. I talked to my mom, and she was like, "Is Sam okay?" Because my mom always listens. Um, and um, hi, Pat's mom. And I was like, I was like, yeah, hi, Sam's, Pat's mom. Sam's fine. Sam has a has a baby, and baby is is uh, demanding of Sam's time. <laughs> uh, so basically, baby naps at the same time most days, and the time that he naps is uh, one to two p.m., which means that if he's asleep on me. I can't get up and start recording the podcast. Totally. Do you but, think? Uh, do you think that Todd Howard has a similar impact to development of games? That's why. Bethesda? Yeah. No. That's why these. That's why the Bethesda right, games yeah. take so long to come. Do you out. think like he needs to sleep on someone's shoulder? Oh yeah, for, for like sixteen <laughs> But he's so hours big, a day. he has to sleep on multiple people's shoulders. That's uh, why they can't get these games done. Actually, he's not a he's he's actually he's, kind of a, 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 a but he a he's small a slight man. man yes. but he is not. He is larger than a baby. Than a baby. Yeah, and he refuses to take. <laughs> I don't know. I've seen some babies this week. <laughs> <laughs> that's just a I just, with a head. I just watched Spirited Away. Now that's a baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. okay. Yeah, that's a big baby. <laughs> Please tell us yeah. about Trails of Cold Steel. Please write this ship that is very the quickly third, capsizing. The, the third Trails of Cold Steel. So since the last time I the last time I was on the podcast, I was starting Trails of Cold Steel two, which I think mm-hmm. was early March, and now I am starting Trails of Cold Steel three. So that tells you how long these games are. Um, so, uh, Trials of Cold Steel 2 ends in, like, this incredible, completely over-the-top anime series finale kind of deal um, with, like, an incredible, huge story reveal and, like, the... I don't know, it's so, so good. And, like, ev- like loads of major characters die and then, like, you start up Trials of Cold Steel... So, 1 and 2 follow directly on from each other. Like, Trials of Cold Steel 2 starts, like... A minute after the end of Trails of Cold Steel One, and then Trails of Cold Steel Three is like, okay, it's two years later. Um, so like, you have to deal with all of this stuff that's happened. It's been happening in between games. The whole cast has changed, except for the main character. And uh, so, whereas in One and Two you're a student at a military school, in Three you're an instructor at a new military school. 
Um, so the, basically, because the crown prince is going to the main military school, all the troublesome students have been shunted off to a new campus, and that's where you're teaching. Um, so it's like people from uh, states that have been annexed by the empire that you work for, uh, people who are known troublemakers, um, and like it's it's pretty cool. It's really interesting. It's a much more interesting cast than before, where like the the, the one and two cast are basically like archetypes. Like you could probably pick out Harry Potter characters or X Men characters that that match up, um, and like all of them have something. Like all of them have something going on. Like, even the character that you think is the most boring has, like, they have, like, a second storyline. That's that's a big thing with the Trails games and the Falcom games in general, is that they kind of show you an archetype, and then they're like, and here's this emotional thing that they're going through, which is why they are like they are. Um, and I've not got to any of that yet in Just um, God Steel 3. Um the reason I'm only, like, I'm probably about five or six hours in, I've just got to, like, the first field mission, which is pretty early on in the, the in the game. Um, uh, the reason I'm only that far in is because I spent most of a weekend watching recaps <coughs> of the Trails in the Sky series and the uh, Crossbell duology of games because I didn't have time to play them. Uh, so, and one, one of those games was five two-hour chapters, uh, two-hour YouTube videos, so that, that took me a long time. Um, however, all of those stories were pretty cool, um, and I'm really excited to see how they play into the the game now I'm in Trails of Cold Steel 3. Uh, also, the end of Cold Steel 2 has like this huge, cool reveal, and then they're like, all right, now you're going to play some other characters for an hour. What? Um, and those, yeah... And those are other what? characters who were the main two characters in the previous series. So if you hadn't played that, and if I hadn't watched those recaps, I'd have had no idea who they were. I'd have no <laughs> idea what was going on. That's um, bizarre. That's cool, though. That's why yeah. you have to start with uh, the Trails in the Sky, the like 2002 PlayStation 1 game. That's actually a 2007 PSP game, <laughs> if that helps anyone. I don't know. Wow. I mean, that's, yeah, 2002 yeah, is way after they stopped making... It's way after the PS2 came out, so I was already... When they stopped making PS2 games, that was in like 2017. No, no, no. I'm saying they, they would not have put out a, play, a PlayStation 1 yeah. game in 2002 is what I'm saying. Yes. So okay. I was already kind of taking the piss, the, um, as it were. But like, uh, I tried playing Trails in the Sky, and I played like an hour of it, and uh, basically it doesn't. it's isometric. So all the games before Trails of God still have been isometric JRPGs like um, I'm trying to think of another example um, so mm, I actually genuinely can't think of one um, oh like Bravely Default is kind of like it and like um, uh, Octopath Traveler even so, even yeah Octopath and like even older um, it's not all the, it's isometric not top down but it, it has a feel yeah. similar to like like old um, like Final Fantasies and stuff like that kind of uh yeah, it feels of the Final Fantasy VI era, even though yeah. it came out in, like, 07. Um, um, that's why I started with that one and didn't want to play Cold Steel first. <laughs> yeah, I, so, I was thinking of trying to start with uh, with that one, too, but uh, I'm just waiting for it to go on sale because I, yeah. They're still, like, £30 each for no reason. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, even though they're yeah. fourteen year old games. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. uh yeah it's yeah, it's still twenty dollars on uh Steam and I'm like uh, I don't know if I want to do that right now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And the issue for me is that the one I tried to play it. So I already owned Trails in the Sky. I bought it when it came out and played like an hour of it. I was like, cool, I'll get back to this. And then obviously never did. But um, it only has four camera angles and you rotate the screen one one quarter each time mm-hmm. with the left and right shoulder button. And that feels horrible. Uh, it feels like that game should have just been designed to work from one camera angle, like all the old school Final Fantasies and Zeldas and stuff were. Um, and giving this weird pseudo camera control just felt awful and every time i rotate the screen i'm like oh i preferred it the previous way and then yeah. when i go back i'm like no i hate this i will say kind of unrelated um but what is cool about trails in the sky is like the pc version you can like use whatever you can plug a controller in if you want to you can play it with just the mouse like you don't even have to touch the keyboard you can just like click to move which is really drag, cool yeah. you can click and drag um I was really impressed with the degree of control options. They you can click the menus, which is something that is not common in a lot of PC ports of like uh, old school RPGs. In a lot of t- cases, you you still have to use like a controller or a button press on the keyboard to change menu options. Um, whereas uh, Trails in the Sky, you can just like use the mouse like a mouse. So that it's it's a it's a very good port, I will say. Yeah, and you can use both as well. So you can be yep. using the controller for gameplay and then switch to the mouse for menus, which is yep. awesome. Um, the reason that they're that awesome is because the PC version is what they release in China. Mm. Um, so they put a lot of effort into it because, like, a billion people play that game. Yeah. Um, and they're insanely popular in China. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so, yeah, the, the Crossbell games never actually have been released in English, but they were released on PC in China, and it's the Chinese PC version that's been um, translated. Been translating. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so I mean, we've talked about this before in that I think that this game series is going to end up being one of my favorite series, if not maybe my number one game series of all time. Cool. Um, the Trust Rip Possible. Diablo. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't like Diablo 2, so I guess that's probably like. I played a lot of Diablo 3 this week, by the way. Diablo 3, best game ever. Very made. funny. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Trust of Cold Steel is such a good series. The, cool. like the writing is incredible um and moving on to three is really funny because one and two that i've been playing are ps beta ports on ps4 and the or the third one is the first native ps4 game and it doesn't look massively better um all the characters look insanely good like they've put loads of effort into them and they've got this really cool stylized look to them in the same way that wow looks good because it's really stylized They've done the same thing. Mm, some WoW looks good. <laughs> Having also played a lot of that this week. Yeah. Well, in my mind, WoW looks good because I love it. <laughs> but not I've actually seen WoW for years. WoW certainly looks timeless. I'll tell you. I'll yeah. say that. And yeah, Cold Steel 3 looks very, very... Like, if you see... Like, you guys look at my Zoom background. It kind of looks very similar to the anime. It looks like a 3D interpretation of an anime. Um, mm-hmm. It works really well, um, and the, I don't want to spoil it for the guys who may eventually one day ever play it. Um, but the new game mechanics that they keep adding are extremely cool. Um, they've added a new card game for the third one, which is like 
tactical, involves placement on the field. Um, it's basically a clone of Hearthstone, but with um, placement stuff. So there's like 10 slots on the board, and you and placing stuff in the front and back row matters. It's really cool. Um, so, so it's Gwent. Yeah, imagine if Hearthstone was also Gwent. Like, that's really similar to that's so it's, how this game feels. Okay. It's uh, it's Legend of Runeterra. <laughs> I played it's the Elder Scrolls card game. Four months ago, but I never got to it. <laughs> I don't know, can't remember what it's like. Um, but yeah, it's no Triple Triad, is. that's for sure. Triple Triad's very good. I do think that um, Gwent is still my favorite card game because of how weirdly overpowered you can get in... In The Witcher 3, the actual Gwent game is too hard and I don't like it. <laughs> the actual actual Gwent game is one where you have to play against other people, so it's balanced. Yeah. <laughs> you can't just yeah, go to every city unbalanced. and get all the cards. <laughs> yep. So one card in Witcher 3. I'm pretty new to this series, and this looks really interesting. So I at first I'm like, oh, this has like a sort of a fire emblem-y kind of deal, and then I'm I'm looking at the website right now. And there are mech battles. Tell me more about those because I'm very interested in that. <laughs> that was the element I was not going to spoil for Pat. No, it's However, fine. Oh, I'm I can so see. Sorry. No, it's not a spoiler. Them. It's on the Steam page. You can see. I can see. I'm uh, looking at a picture okay, of a mech good. right now. Don't worry. It's oh, not a spoiler. Okay. It's like weirdly um, end game though, isn't it? So basically, in the first game, there's no mechs, and mm-hmm. then like your. You spend a lot of time, like, in one specific dungeon in the same way that you go through. So the first game and the second game are kind of like Persona. The first game, way more Persona-like. Um, you have, like, a strict schedule on a calendar, and you do certain things on certain days. Um, and then, like, at the end of every free day, you go into a dungeon, um, kind of like Mementos in Persona 5. And when you get to the bottom of this dungeon, at the end of the story, there's a mech there. And it's been there for like thousands of years. And you're like, mm-hmm. okay. And everyone's like, okay, we'll study this mech. And then like uh, later on, like there's a huge revolution and the evil army that turns up in this civil civil war are all uh, piloting mechs. And they're all based on the design of these ancient mechs. But your character can fly the ancient mech. So it's like giant, you in giant ancient mech versus, like that's like, magic somehow versus like Gundam style like robot mechs it's called Magitech yeah (laughs) we've all seen it in the second game mech battles become like a huge thing so like sometimes you'll fight an enemy that's too big and you'll it'll be a mech battle sometimes you'll be able to call down like you get the ability to call down your mech during just a normal battle it's extremely overpowered and funny like Uh, like as a like as a summon yeah, like as a summon, you call down your mech, and then you just get in it for three turns. Did you, you know, did you say prepare for Titanfall every single time you did that? Because that's what I'd do. No, See, this just gives me Xenogears vibes, and I'm loving every minute. Yeah. <laughs> I, okay, this is taking me from like I'll, I should play this game sometime soon to please let these games go on sales. So yeah, that's I definitely like I knew about the mechs and I wanted to play. I've wanted to play these games, but like I do want to do the work of playing the the so like we've been over this many times. If you tell me, oh, there's this incredible game, but in order to enjoy it, you need to watch this two hour movie and play these other three games. And then um, there's a novel that someone wrote that is tangentially related to it from 1992. That and is a mobile game with 300 yeah, chapters. That's going to yeah, increase I was gonna my say, interest this is- in playing 
that this that is, series of games. This like, is you and Kingdom Hearts all over again. Like, uh, yeah, well, I feel like mm. this is actually a larger time commitment than Kingdom Hearts. Oh, I mean, 100%. yeah, oh yeah, because <laughs> yeah. this is like seventy hours. Uh, thankfully, uh, Trails in the Sky they made one for some yeah. reason. They made a seventy-hour game and then cut it in two. Uh, yeah. And, and then they um, added a third chapter that's super weird, but is like has yeah. In so it. like so basically what? all the magic stuff is in the third game. So the first chapter, hmm. so there's like Trails in the Sky, and then Trails in the Sky second chapter is the same. Nothing changes me- mechanically or functionally. It's just the second half of the story. Like the first one ends, and it's like a hard cut ending. That's like the end of a disc in final fantasy. And then it goes to, yep. then you have to get the next game to play it. Um, which if, uh, if that were to happen now, people would revolt. <laughs> oh, that's why it's uh, SC. It's second chapter. Yes. Yeah. I was like, is this a, is this just like a, like, you know, a, a name for like a remaster well, or something? My understanding but is like, in development, they did a, no. like, it was like a, a Lord of the Rings thing where they developed the first two games together, like at the same time. And then they, just they sliced like, mm, them in two. Too long. Yeah, they sliced them in two and then put them out in two separate years. Um, so yeah. Anyway, but yeah, so like I would, I'd obviously highly recommend the series. Um, mm-hmm. And like you can totally jump in at Cold Steel and have a great time playing through. Oh, I'm, I have um, no doubt. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, for sure. I'm on the third game now, and like there's basically characters refer to stuff that happens in other games, but they kind of explain it when they do. Um, so there are characters that I know from watching these recaps that like three characters have turned up that are previous game main characters. Um, but like, because I know who they are, like if you didn't know who they are, they would still be good characters. And, and okay. to, 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 to pique your interest further, Jeff, like yeah. part of what's so cool about the way that the series is structured is in trails in the sky, you're playing as like um, the equivalent of witchers in this universe. They're like kind of mercenary problem solvers, but like half well-respected in some areas and kind of despised in other areas. And interesting. You're in one of the two major countries that exists in the world. And during those games, the other country is framed as like the evil bad guys, like as, as, as like, this bad they don't go all the way into like framing them as fascist and so far as i've played it but they definitely are like these are the bad guys we're the good guys and then there's a city in the middle or a small nation in the middle mm-hmm. so in trails in the sky you play in that first country and then in the crossbell games you're in that small like kind of neutral territory in the middle and then in trails of cold steel you play as the as the military schools in the country that has been framed as the horrible evil empire the whole time. So it's like you're playing from the perspective (laughs) shift between the three different um, series is like pretty immense and, and provides like a huge amount of context for the world holistically. um, And, and it's super, the, the, it's, it's a very political, even I've only played like five hours of trails in the sky, but it's, it's actually like very much attempting to, portray politics in a way that I don't know that I feel it's trying to say anything about the real world. Um, mm. But it at least no, it's is trying to be realistic. It's trying to build a realistic political landscape, which in and of itself presents interesting themes yeah. that are, that trace back to real world politics. So yeah, I, I, it's, it's a pretty 
interesting, well-written series. Yeah. Like when the no, Civil the- War kicks off in the series, you're like, oh, I know exactly why this has happened. There's tensions here because of this. Yeah, right. They're like, this is happening. Like, everything, there's never, never a moment in this extremely anime story where you're like, oh, that was a big anime twist. Like, everything nice. follows really well from everything else. Yeah. And the twists Excellent. kind of happen more in the character moments. And, like, there are anime moments in, like, you know, one character, like, there's characters who hide the fact that they are secretly witches. Uh, and then you're like, oh, which same. <laughs> yeah, like, no, I get that. Exactly. Uh, um, no, that sounds that sounds really interesting, especially because it, the anime uh, has this tendency to create these sort of naive Hegelian narratives of like, you know, well, here's this big force, and now we're going to sort of have this Manichaean yeah. standoff, and it sounds like it's actually sort of going, well, no, what if, what if people were involved in these forces right. of history? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's almost exclusively, like, people-based, like, the so, army. So we're not going to kill God. No, so far, there has been no God murder. I um, hope that's where it goes eventually, but... Um, <laughs> that's that's not, it's not an anime RPG if you don't. There's yeah. Still yeah, there is something to be said right? about oh, the, the whole JRPG there. arc from going from, like, okay, so you're killing, like, basically, like, tiny insignificant enemies to basically murdering God like that. Like there's something to be said about the JRPG arc. I do assume that it will go there. Like the, one of the big, like the evil mechs that you fight are like remnants of precursor civilizations. And there's like an evil God mech that has to be awakened by the blood of the emperor. There you go. Yeah. You'll kill. There we go. You might kill the God emperor. (laughs) Like it might be like a 40 K scenario where it's not, Mm. it's not, it's or not. Like a, a, it's not actually or like a Dune scenario. You know, you got to yeah. go kill Leto the second. Um. <laughs> or, or it's a Brumac. <laughs> Just throwing gears references out here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I would. I, I mean, obviously, I would highly recommend the series. Um, yeah. And it's the first game is on PS now, um, and apparently, okay. it's extremely, extremely playable that way. Oh, I would have to. Um, imagine. I played. I played a huge chunk of this game remote play in bed with a baby. Uh, and Impressive. it works okay. extremely well via remote play because there's basically only one or two things that require reaction time, and the window is really wide. Like specifically, nice. I believe so it can be played well. For like when you're commuting and you might not be looking at the screen constantly, you might talk to a ticket inspector or whatever. Right. <laughs> yes, that happens often in my daily in my daily I routine. Speak to ticket inspectors every day. <laughs> yes. Oh man, the the. Experience of taking a public transportation. I haven't thought about that in a while. It's uh, not great. Uh, I sorry, sorry to bring it down. <laughs> sorry, to, sorry to bring up the before times. Before times, yeah. It's more like the current times for some of us. Jesus, <laughs> this, this yeah. thing has been really eaten away at me. Is uh, so in Japan, we've got these like uh, transit cards that you just like preload with cash and then mm-hmm. you swipe them and it's just like NFC or whatever technology and it just pulls the cash off. But the bus I have to ride to work, it's got the machine, but it doesn't work. So I have to pay in cash every day to ride the bus. Sick. That's annoying. It's like 230 yen, which is like whatever, but because I get paid back from the company, but I have to bring that in cash with me every day. Shenanigans. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> anyway. 
three trails diverged in cold steel and sorry i could not play them all and be one gamer along i stood and looked down my backlog as far as i could to where it bent in the hard drive is that anything wow. what wow. is it wow uh to robert frost for you yeah the original gamer <laughs> you know he he did advocate for two roads right splitting in a wood right so Already, he's like gesturing towards multi, uh, multi ending, uh, our role yeah, playing. Yeah, it's the, the diamond shaped mm-hmm. narrative. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> we wouldn't have Mass Effect if it wasn't for Robert Frost. Are we gonna That's right. Like some you, you know, there's probably an etymology, like you could probably trace that Mass Effect would probably be different without Robert Frost. <laughs> I mean, can you picture just, you know, there there's Shepard in Mass Effect 3 and mm-hmm. Shepard's writing an ad and he's in that wood and he's in that wood <laughs> and Shepard Shepard's writing the ad and it's just one pair of Krogan shoes never worn. Um and <laughs> so sad. Oh, oh, that's Oh, no, that's that's, that's really brutal. That's See, very apt for the Krogan. At first, oh, I laughed, and then I thought about it. Yeah, uh-huh. that's deep. Uh, that's a podcast title right yep, there. I already wrote it down. Don't worry. <laughs> well, uh, let's keep the anime train rolling. And Alex, tell us about your anime. Yep. Um, if you've been listening for the past few weeks, you'll know that I have been watching a show called Legend of the Galactic Heroes. Um, mm-hmm. Sam, I, I think you should you, you should watch that. Sam, you should definitely <laughs> um, watch like, Legend of the Galactic Heroes. I think out of anyone here, especially given what you just said, and like it's very trailsy slash like like um, Legend of Heroesy in that you get to see all sides of the conflict and they're all human, like. So you get to understand all of the perspectives very well, and there's no, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like, um, there's no bad guy in it per se. Like everybody's just people, um, and it's also very there's willing. Definitely a bad guy in trails. Um, now that I'm, I'm just over halfway through. I finished episode fifty six, so that puts me just over the halfway mark. Um, it it kind of has a big bad that they're alluding to. That's kind of like a third party so like eventually it gets there but the two warring factions neither of them are particularly quote unquote bad um i don't want to talk too much about it because i'm saving that for when i'm actually finished but i will say that it continues to get better which is surprising for such a long show uh and it's at the point where they've established so many amazing characters that if one of them were to die which they are one to do in this series uh i would be very sad (laughs) And they've already killed off some of like the most likable and awesome side characters, which has been really like devastating at moments. So uh, we don't have to talk about too much about it because it's uh, it, it is ongoing. It will be finished soon. But Sam, I would one hundred percent recommend that game, that show to you because it's. I'm watching Psychopaths with my oh yeah free time. Hopefully, um, hopefully not. Hopefully, really good series. Hopefully not with your baby because that's not a very baby friendly series. Uh, Starfield is going to be heavily influenced by Psychopaths. Starfield? Uh, yeah, yeah. Baby Todd Howard watching oh. Psychopaths. Starfield. Can take gotcha. Um, Sorry, it took a few seconds to make those connections. Yeah, no, it's, it's okay. 
the, uh, the clips or and like the screenshots you've been sending us of the show are very funny. Oh, uh, it has moments of being hilarious. Yeah. And <laughs> not like a ha ha, but in like a that's okay. That's okay. Show. I see you. And for being like from the eighties, it's like, especially like prescient in some ways. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that you could very easily tie to modern events in here and as well as yeah. to human history. Because like yes. it, it it calls a lot of things into mind. It calls into like uh, uh, philosophies of war and like um, kind of the mindset that goes into the leaders versus the people who are actually taking the actions and stuff like that. Like it's really interesting, and there ends up being like class struggles and yeah, it's it's fascinating and it's really fantastic. So heavily recommended to pretty much anyone. I would say it's probably qualitatively uh, the best anime I've ever seen. And wow, it's not, it's not you, even you watch a lot of anime, yeah, and it's not even finished. And it like it, it very much stands the test of time. Okay, as someone who loves Battlestar Galactica, would you say this is 100% a required watch? Um, well, I don't know if I would, oh, I don't know if you've watched Battlestar. I, I, I've not really watched much Battlestar, I have played the board game. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, the series is very good. What a, the, yeah. the best episode ever of Battlestar Galactica is the first one. <laughs> um, so it's hard to it's hard to un wholeheartedly recommend that series. Basically, there's an episode uh, where they are being chased and they have to jump like warp jump every thirty three minutes. Mm. It's about what it does to the psyche of everyone involved. And it's, interesting. It's called Thirty Three, and it is the best episode of the series, and it's the first ever episode of the ongoing series because there's like a mini series and then they brought it back. So yeah, hundred percent. Everybody should watch that. Cool. Like just those four episodes. Yeah. It starts out so strong. It starts. It it really does. Um, as far as like, so you haven't seen Battlestar Galactica, the new one, Alex? No. Okay. Um, I can speak to that a little bit. Um, having seen both legend of the galactic heroes and Battlestar Galactica. Um, Mm. you're not going to get, the same kind of deterioration sort of bleak narrative that you're you're you find in like especially season two of like galactic correct but like mm. it's basically you do find similar questions of of solidarity and class and you do find um i think uh, legend of galactic heroes has a lot more to say about sovereignty and what oh, yeah. what counts about um what makes sovereignty what what is the sovereign allowed to do um, so in that way, I suppose they do share a foothold in like Thomas Hobbes kind of stuff, but like, um, yeah. Go, and plus, I don't know, like Galactica has that big religious arc in like, especially season three, season four, um, sure. where galactic heroes, it, I, I have, I mean, there's, there's, there's like murmurs, but I don't remember there being a really strong religious focus beyond like. Um, one of the factions is definitely religious. It's the Church of the Terra, like the Earth. Church. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. The, the so Earth it does. Church. It, I forgot about them. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. they exist. <clears throat> yeah, it's not like you know the centering on a messianic narrative or anything. Oh, like sure. That. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm not sure I can legally watch that in the UK. Um, it, what? I've been I've like been watching it where it's not on streaming anywhere. I've been watching it on High Dive, um, which is where I believe it is exclusively legally streaming at the moment, and you can get a 30 day free trial of High Dive. So, ooh, awesome. so High Dive. Ooh. Yes, uh, 
and high dive has been fine. Um, <laughs> it does not work very well between devices. I would say the Android and iOS apps are bad, just so you know. Um, but on browser, it's pretty good. Anyways, more yeah, one hundred and ten episodes. Yes, it is considered one season, <laughs> even though it's split into four discrete parts. In within, that. I think it's it's still funny to me that Alex calls that a long series when I like exclusively watch Shonen like long running oh. series that are like three hundred <laughs> plus episodes. Yeah, but this has like Dragon this has, Balls. This has no filler. Oh yeah, I like know. At all. But like Dragon Ball, <laughs> like Dragon Ball Z Kai, I think has no filler, and that's like just that's over a hundred episodes. Yeah, but like Dragon Ball Z is like three hundred, and uh, like Naruto is like six hundred something. One Piece is in the nine hundreds. Word, and it's and all like yeah. that's mostly what I watch in anime. So yeah. I'm like, ha, a hundred episodes. <laughs> Like, that's nothing <laughs> but yeah anyways um, that's continuing we'll talk about it when it's over more but uh, I did play a couple of games this week which is you know okay. a rarity apparently for me these days how much anime <laughs> so the first one is a visual novel uh, that I found on Steam uh, it costs one dollar okay um, <laughs> Is this the Hong Kong summer? No, it is not. Um, okay. that's to, don't worry, that's coming. Um, this one is called, well, Andre, could you do me a favor and read the title of the second game on my list, please? Yes. Sakuya Izayoi, I don't even know. as Izayoi. Uh, gives you advice and dabs. Nitori Kawashiro offers you advo- advice in exchange for cucumbers and eats the cucumbers. Thank this you. is on a level of the amuse-bouche game. Gives you advice and dabs. Nitori Kawashiro offers you advice in exchange for cucumbers and eats the cucumbers. Yes, you got it, Andre. Um, So yes, uh, Sakuya Iozoi gives you advice and dabs. Nitori Kawashiro offers you advice in exchange for cucumbers and eats the cucumbers. Is a small visual novel that looks like it was probably put together in about a day. Um, The like the art is. I'm not going to say the art is bad, but it looks like it was just kind of rapidly thrown together. Like I think there's skill, like a visual novel maker. Yeah, it's probably made in like Renpi or something like that. And it's um, so you're not in it for the art. The art has like four frames, and then um, the main game is Sakuya Izayoi gives you advice and dabs. The DLC is Notori Kawashiro (laughs) offers you advice in exchange for cucumbers. How much is the DLC? One (laughs) dollar. So it's a two dollar game, correct? Um, and it doubles okay. the, the amount of content. Um, oh well, it's getting your money's worth. So it sounds very silly from the concept, and it is very silly. But to be honest, it's actually pretty good. Like it's um, like it's it'll take you about fifteen minutes to get through. But the thing is, like it's it all sounds like a joke, but it's actually like a warm hug kind of thing where it basically says to you up front, like. Hey, times are anxious right now. There's a lot of stuff that's going through people's mind with regards to mental health. Uh, how are you doing? Like, how are you feeling? Are you anxious? What's making you anxious? Like, it's asking you all these questions. It's like, and then like, are you anxious? Okay, what's what's giving you anxiety? And it give you options like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life, or I don't know, I don't feel like I belong anywhere, or like I can't focus on, I can't just can't focus. And then it'll just kind of like walk you through those and. Um, say like okay so are you feeling like this and you're like well maybe a little bit and then it'll actually give you advice and it'll be like yeah like uh, try these techniques you can read more about it here like it's it's actually like a mental health tool and mm. it, and and it says things like hey you can come back here anytime 
Like if, if you're feeling down or you're feeling like whatever, this is a stable rock for you. You can always come back. And like, it's actually really charming in that way. Like, and it'll be like, yeah, okay, now let's do some square breathing techniques. Like, okay, breathe in for four seconds, hold your breath for four seconds and then click next when you're ready. And then like, you know, now breathe out and hold that for four seconds kind of stuff. And it's like, is that helping? Yes or no. And like, it's, it's kind of awesome in that way. <laughs> and like, it, it's just uh, the Sequoia girl walking you through all this stuff. And at the end, she's like, okay, thank you for joining for me for, for, uh, for me for all of this. And then she's like, all right, I'm going to reward you with this dangerous action behavior. And then she dabs. And then, um, <laughs> and then, okay, that like, made it sound exactly like this is like, Exactly up your alley, Alex. Yep. Though, yep. Like. And, then, and then afterwards, she asks, "Did that help?" And if you say yes, then she dabs like five times in sequence. <laughs> they 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 give away. You're the selling dab on me the on this page. game, and I didn't think you would. The, yeah. the problem is, they show you that you can see the dab in the in their news posts. Yeah. Like they gotta they gotta the dab. You gotta lock that dab up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but don't worry, they they Love lock it. some stuff in the DLC. It's gotta get like the. The PlayStation screenshots and recording are limited in this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they should put that on screen, even though they can't do that on a PC. Yeah, yeah. but but the uh, that'd the, be a really good gag. It would yes. be, but yeah, the the DLC Notorious Kawashiro offers you advice in exchange for cucumbers and eats the cucumbers is very much the same thing. It's just a little bit expanded. Uh, so she <laughs> brings up different topics and stuff like that, and. She does it in exchange for cucumbers, and then at the end she eats the cucumbers. <laughs> like it's giving you exactly what you expect from the titles, but like it's for something that seems hastily put together and like I would not say is particularly technical. It's really charming. Uh, so yeah. I actually don't have that much negative feedback about it because I think it's like I can see Sounds people. Cute. I can see people actually like really getting getting something out of it. So. Uh, even though it's like a meme thing and a jokey kind of thing, I actually think it's it, it has some worth to it, and it's yeah, it's not going to be on a game of the year list or anything like that. Like, but it's it's charming. Hey, it's nice. don't speak too soon. It has not been a particularly strong year, but yeah, um, I yeah. only have like two games that are maybe on a game of the year list currently. So yeah, probably about yeah. the same. Um, yeah, murder my numbers I've, is on there. Yep, yeah, that's on my list too. <laughs> uh, oh, little one. Hi, the baby. It's baby Todd Howard. We have Todd Howard here. Oh, hello, little one. But um, uh, how's the Fallout seventy six update? <laughs> <laughs> it's got NPCs now. Todd Howard, do you have any? Do you have any? Uh, anything to say about uh, that? NPCs are here. He's just currently grabbing oh. the microphone yeah. <laughs> and giving us yeah. the players. Yeah. Let, let the players what, find all what's of Let's yeah. wisdom, Todd sense. Howard. He, I, he's, yeah. he's also giving us a very stern look. So <laughs> it's true. Aww. Well, he, he wants us to really grab the content and mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. let the content mm-hmm. grab us as well. He wants us to pay thirty dollars. Now for he's the eating it. <laughs> he wants us to grab that content. And he wants us to eat it. Yeah. <laughs> Currently, you probably Todd, just heard a baby hiccup. Oh, yeah. there's a lot of slobber on this microphone. Yeah, the, the baby yeah. was just trying to um, eat the microphone. Mm. Did you see, I mean, he reached for it again. He was like, "Wait, give me that back." <laughs> I was like, He's like I was looking like the at the microphone. He's In kind fact, of that like... felt good on my gums. <laughs> yeah. You, oh, you've got a future podcast around your hands. Yeah. Not do very much yet. 
you know, standing <laughs> up wise, etc. But he's like, he can stand up with like a tiny bit of help, which is very cute. Oh, yeah. Um, Just one day, 15 years from now, when they're like cleaning out a garage and uh, little Todd Howard pulls out a dusty box from like the garage <laughs> and blows it off. And it's, it's his dad's blue Yeti <laughs> covered in bite marks. So starts the second age of podcasting. Mm-hmm. God. Anyways, <laughs> uh, I got three other I games. Go and look after this baby. Okay. Aww. All right. Having me, everyone. Thanks for joining, Sam. You. It was yes. a pleasure to meet you. Bye, Sam. Good to see your baby. And have a good time. Bye, Todd. Bye, Todd. It says goodbye to. <laughs> All right. So beautiful. Well, now that uh, we have been cleared of the baby, we can finally get down to the NC-17 stuff. Whatever else Alex brought. No, I was going to say we were going to talk about like Bethesda stuff now that Todd Howard's no longer with here. Oh, so because we're not being observed by the overlord? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, don't worry. There's no Bethesda here. There is 2K, but that's later. Um, yeah, I've started three other games. Uh, so just kind of like putting 30 minutes into each of them just to kind of get uh, see which one should be prioritized at the moment. The first is one that's called The Fox Awaits Me. It's on Nintendo Switch, and it is a visual novel, as one okay. might expect from the stuff I play. And uh, I'm only going to give each of these games probably about two minutes because I'm not far enough into any of them to have any really strong opinions. But so far, The Fox Awaits Me has really, really like stunningly beautiful art and does some really interesting stuff with sprite work. It's made in Unity, so they're able to like be a little bit more, uh, like have a little bit more control over everything that they're doing, especially with the sprites. So some of the sprites have like these weird animations, like as they're talking, that like. So, Allison, you know in Danganronpa, when you have the cutscenes that have like kind of that distinct style, yeah, yeah which yeah. are like very exaggerated in their movement, and it seems like it might have been made out of paper craft, but like. Right. It's like it's kind of like that, but it's all the time. So it's kind of a cool oh, style. Mm. Um and the writing thus far has actually been really like well executed. Like just the moment to moment writing, character dialogue, etc., has been solid and introspective in a in a welcome way. So um not far enough into it to give much feelings on the story itself, but it's been good so far. Uh the next one as Andre kind of mentioned before, is A Summer's End, Hong Kong 1986, um, which is on Steam. Uh, It just came out Thursday, I I think. Uh, It's also a visual novel, but this one is very, 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 very stylish. Um, Like, it's really cyberpunk-y, cool, uh, and... 80s. Very, well, yeah, 1986. This is very you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah. that's a good way to put it. Um, but like, uh, I don't want to get too deep into the story because the story is actually probably the most interesting part for me so far. And I think it's the kind of thing where it's worth going into uh, blind. Uh, but it is an LGBTQ game, and I think that's awesome because one of my favorite games last year it was also from an LGBTQ studio, uh, and this one. It approaches similar topics, but it's approaching it in a different way. And yeah. uh, 
it looks super interesting. Um, I'm curious to hear how much the setting influences the story. Mm. Um, because, uh, I would love to sort of, I might actually play this one at some point. Cause it looks like the, the story looks really interesting to me. Um, and the setting is fascinating to me. So, um, I have some, some interest. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, like I said, I'm only about half an hour into each of these, so um, it's hard to give real concrete opinions. Like half an hour into what could be a 14-hour thing is uh, just not that uh, much time. My understanding, but, if you do go looking for a Summer Zen Hong Kong 1986, is that it does have some explicit content in it. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's an adult patch. Yeah, yes. I was just <laughs> looking at that. I'm like, adult patch. What is yeah, this? Yes, yes. Um, but it looks it looks like it's not a it's not the you know it it it's just part of the game. It's it looks like it's. For, not a like yeah. porn game or whatever. You know? for, for what it's, <laughs> it's worth, pop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for what exactly. it's worth, Heart of the Woods also had an adult patch if you yeah, wanted. Right. So like a lot of these games do, and it's not really meant to like make it into porn per se. It's right. just yeah. Do you want totally. these scenes in your game? Sure. Like if mm-hmm. if you don't, you don't have to have them. Then like yeah, like yeah. it's it's kind of their way to make an option, right? Like if you're yeah. comfortable with it, install it. If you don't want it, don't. You're fine. Um, yeah. Cool. So yeah, I think thus far I've really been enjoying that as well. Uh, the last game to jump into is also one that came out on Thursday and was announced the week before. That is XCOM Chimera Squad. Uh, did y'all did y'all like them XCOMs? Mm, I have I, so many feelings about them. I I can never like I've tried to get into both i've tried multiple times to get into xcom one and then xcom two i tried like once and while i think they're objectively like well made they're just not for me i, yeah, I tried to get into xcom one but i really didn't play very much of it uh, it's, it's one of those games where i keep thinking oh i should go back and try to get into it like i think about that a lot but i haven't really yeah i played a shitload of uh enemy unknown um <laughs> And like really, 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 like I played a fair amount of the old XCOM games too. Sure, like, um, and I like Enemy Unknown a lot. It was my game of the year that year. Um, and then XCOM Two, I never, I've only ever played like halfway through a playthrough, um, both with and without War of the Chosen. Uh, yeah. I've never actually finished it. Um, I tr- I play it, I try it every now and then because it's one of my dad's favorite games of all time. Like, he was like. I told I sent him the news about Chimera Squad, and he was like, "Oh my god!" And he was sending me updates from his his booting it up last night to start playing it. Um, <laughs> so uh, I'm debating I might just play Chimera Squad because I kind of know enough about the XCOM world to understand the lore. Some of the alien species that they introduce in two, mm-hmm. which are in Chimera Squad, I don't have a, a great understanding of, but. Um, I mean, I know generally what the the conceit of the story is, so I'm considering just playing it and then trying to go back to XCOM too. Yeah, there you go. Um, That's a quality zoom background that Andre yeah, switched to. It's beautiful. We got some Neil C. Rega in our in our thing here now, but yeah, no, um, it is very much more XCOM. Um, it's like it's basically like we were talking about last week, where it is pretty much XCOM 2.5. Um, you are having a squad that actually has some like sectoids, etc., in it. Uh, well, cameras and yeah. so far, like if you enjoy the gameplay of XCOM, like if you enjoy that tactical kind of back and forthy kind of thing, you'll enjoy it. Uh, and the meta layer is much more streamlined in this one, uh, but I would say it almost gives you more options than it did in two. 
Like the thing I liked about one is just how insanely open-ended it was. Like you could basically do anything. And like, if you wanted to build just like a billion reactors, you could, but you were going to lose the game. Like it's, it's going to be like, yeah, sure. Do it if you want, but like, this is to your own detriment. Um, whereas XCOM 2 was a bit more like, okay, you need this to progress the story. I mean, XCOM 1 technically had a little bit of that too, but um, like it was very explicitly like holding your hand through that meta layer. This one is kind of right between where you can kind of fuck around and do whatever you want with it, but mm-hmm. uh, like it's, yeah, it's somewhat guided. I, the I've, two things, sorry, go, sorry, for it. go ahead. I, the two things that make me really want to play, just jump into Chimera Squad, is one, I... The, this is why I like MOBAs. This is why I like um, Valorant more than CSGO. This is why, mm-hmm. like, this is like one of the gaming catnip things for me. There's a few of them, but like actually putting names and personalities to characters mm-hmm. and then giving them unique sets of, of abilities that is sort of tied to their background and, and story is like just the that's that's a thing that I really enjoy. So one of the things that has made XCOM um like one of the reasons that I like it is because I can do that myself, mm-hmm. um sort of through role playing. But the fact that Chimera Squad is saying like actually we made eleven of these characters that are like it's not this this person is the fighter and they're gruff and they fight. It's this person used to be a member of the enemy team and these are the things that they did and here's their very specific abilities and sets and kit that they have developed from (laughs) that and it's not tied just to like an rpg class that's really really cool to me so and then also um austin walker of waypoint has been talking about the writing in this game as being like (laughs) really good it is (laughs) like 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 strikingly good for a firaxis product uh, yeah. so I'm, I'm pretty into that too. He was tweeting out some stuff earlier this morning and last night that was like, Whoa, this is very much a deeper thing than I was expecting to hear from out of, uh, out of a XCOM game. So yeah. and it's, when I started reading it, like sans context, I was like, is this like some weird, uh, Evangelion fan fiction because like one of the characters' <laughs> names is Gendo, <laughs> and like the other name looks like it like some weird biblical like bullshit like, like yeah. Idritha or something. Then there's Asuka and she's wearing this like bodysuit. No, so, um, yeah, it, yeah, that aspect of it. Rob is... Zachney's joined the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if only, if only I liked Evangelion. Anyways, um, if only Rob Zachney would be on our podcast. That would also. Be cool. <laughs> But yeah, no, um, I think that aspect of it has been really cool too, because you're right. Like you could like make a squad of people name it the fixed cast and like have Andre and Allison and Pat, which is fun. Honor, I love doing that nice. too. But like it, when they die, it doesn't affect the story. Whereas with this, it, I haven't had anyone die yet, but it so feels you, like it my would. understanding is that you cannot have anyone die. Oh, okay. That is one of the, that is one of the kind of strange. Oh, yes. Like, right. It, like, yeah. It they didn't get, have they get, You're right. They yeah. get grievously wounded and then they have to like sit out. Um, but just like in like can happen in XCOM, other XCOM games, but they mm-hmm. don't actually die. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's true. If you recover, if you finish a mission and someone has like one health pip left, then they'll be unusable for six months or something in XCOM. So yeah, you're right. right. Yeah. yeah, It is more yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, anyways. Yeah. Uh, probably going to continue with that. I'm going to continue with all three of them. Uh, not sure which one will be finished first. We'll see. 
yeah, I think this conversation is I'm going to just play Chimera Squad first. And then if I want more XCOM after that, I'll go back to two yeah. and try to get a playthrough in of two. I would love to see if someone does like a long war mod for, for this or something with the same characters. Mm. That'd be really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. well, long, I would long hope that awesome. these, I would hope <laughs> if, if it were me. It, so Fraxis has a way of saying, okay, we're on to the third game in the series now. Mm-hmm. You can still play the first two if those are what you want. The third for the third one, we're going to do something different. Like Civ Six and Civ Five are very different games, and there are people who still play Civ Five like for hundreds and hundreds of hours because they're just so different mechanically. And so, what I would love is for XCOM Two to be, you know, that thing. War of the Chosen makes it the XCOM Twoiest thing it can be. And if in XCOM Three it was like Chimera Squad, but it was like, okay, now we're in the whole world. And you have, mm. you know, there's a hundred different agents instead of 11 of them. That Got would be, GI I, would, I would love that shit. So yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah. I could be interested in something like that too. Anyways. The fact that it's $20 is like, eh, maybe I'll pick this up. It's, it's 10 bucks right now. Yeah. It's 10 bucks until the end of the is month, basically. Yeah. Oh, until the end of the month. I thought it was just until it released. Nope. Oh, nope, good. nope. Until the end of the month. Yeah, yeah. So I think at $10, it's extremely worth it. So, yep. Yeah, I definitely bought it. So uh, it's just I was deciding whether I wanted to play it first before trying to play through XCOM two again or not. But I think I'm going to. Yeah, like you do see that that cheaper price at some points. Like it doesn't have yeah. fully animated cutscenes and stuff like that. But it's it sounds like there's some jank in the menus. And there the, is. The, I mean, but that's that's, that's UI. And that's stuff. XCOM. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, with War of the Chosen, like they got to the last time I played XCOM two, which was earlier in 2019 it was pretty they had dialed in a lot of that stuff um Mm -hmm. but it took them a ways after release obviously to do that which i would assume they'll do with this too Uh, man i was playing an iron man run of xcom the original and like made it pretty far and then just ran into this this loop of stuff that would just kept breaking and like like just actual glitches where i could not progress where it was like Okay, this 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 uh, I don't even remember what character, what kind of enemy it was, but one of the bigger enemies like broke through a wall and it crashed your game. And every time I load the save, <laughs> it, that action happened every time, and it always crashed my game. And I was like, "Well, fuck, I can't roll back." Was it like the Kool Aid Man? <laughs> yes, it was Kool Aid Man. He said, <laughs> "You got oh, Kool Aid yeah. And then yeah, and then uh, all of the and he crashed your game. Then all of the cogs from Gears came in. And Sounds then, like it's working as an epic factor. And then the Gears people were like, we could make a tactics game too. <laughs> <laughs> out this week. Is it this week? Whatever. It's out. So, yeah. I'm gonna, okay. Is it out it's, now? It's, is it next week? No, it's next week, I think. Oh. Okay. Yeah, this, this, this yeah. coming Yeah, week? no, because there's an embargo until next week, okay. I think. So I'm, I'm actually Probably excited Tuesday. for Gears Tactics because as someone who has <laughs> never, has, well, I finished the first Gears of War. But um, I, since I have game pass ultimate um until the mm. end of time mm. I, I don't have to buy this game which means i'm excited to play yeah it. you're right i can do that too okay it comes out april 28th so yes okay yeah uh i will only play gears pop from now on <laughs> <laughs> i'm yeah. so worried about their necks like every character design of like oh gears yeah person like their their, their necks are <laughs> their necks are like 82 Giant? inches wide and i'm like got those i hate my dad traps yeah got a, like, got a, got a jose I, canseco neck or yeah, uh, like, are his? you okay dude like george george fisher from cannibal corpse yeah, yeah. exactly yes. exactly yes yeah yeah um anyways yeah that's my games uh okay don't want to take up too much time but yo um 
don't write off Sequoia is the UI gives you advice and dabs, and Natiro Kawashiro offers you advice in exchange for cucumbers and eats the cucumbers. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, uh, continuing on this anime train, it Ooh. cannot be stopped. Oh, it will yes. not be stopped. Fuck. Allison, yeah. please update us on your journey through Dongon Rumpa. Yeah. Dragon Grandpa. Dragon Grandpa. <laughs> yeah. So I've been playing a lot of Dragon. That. Dragon Grandpa, <laughs> Danganronpa. I like for some reason that's like a tongue twister for me. Uh, yeah, so I finished two uh, this week, and I am um, partway through uh, the third game. Uh, like last night, I, I, my goal was to finish the second trial last night, but I, but it, it, it was taking a long time, and I was just so tired that I'm like, when it, those hit trials the trial, are long. When it hit the really trial intermission, be, yeah. I was just like, you know what? If if I don't like wait to do this tomorrow, I am going to fall asleep during this. Shits are like three hours. Do yeah. you need to provide an update on where you think the story is going? Because I can take my headphones off. That seems um, like maybe. Yeah, you should do that. If I'll you take... have any theories, you're still early. But... Okay. Here, I'll uh, take wait, 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 sorry. At which okay. which point of three are you into, Allison? Like you've just finished trial one. Uh, I finished trial one, uh, and I'm. I got to intermission in trial two. Okay. okay. Yeah. So. Okay. So let's hear your theory about what's going on here. Pat can take his headphones off and we could find out. Oh, before we discuss this, uh, Jeff, yeah. do you have any experience with these games? With uh, Danganronpa? Um, yeah. I have some, but I'm also, I've read too much Roland Barth as a kid, so I'm spoiler proof. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Just, just curious right. what uh, knowledge you come into this with. Okay, Allison, what do you think is happening in Danganronpa 3? Okay, so... V3. I was happy that, uh, too, I was accurate in that it was all a game. Um, yep. Which, I mean, it was kind of heavily implied throughout, so it's not necessarily, like, a big achievement, but... Uh, but it also the, plays on stuff that visual novels do all the time. Oh, right, right. It's like, and, I feel like the character in a visual novel or, yeah. you know, it's like this is a game. Yeah. Or, or like all of the things where it's like, you should save your game. And you're like, but then it's actually a video game. So I was glad about that. But the, I, though, I, though I will say the execution in two is really interesting, especially how they're basically all comatose. Yeah, I, th- I think that the execution was good. And I was genuinely really surprised about... Um, some of the other uh, like execution story, story development, especially like character developments. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the one thing that is not really spoilery, uh, but that I've enjoyed is that each game, like for two and three, I started the games and gone, I don't know about these characters. Are they like, mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about them after I really liked the characters in the last game. Yep. And then after like maybe a trial or two, I'm like, no, these are my children. I love them dearly. I'm like, none I of must, you can die. None of you are allowed. I, I'm at that point with three where I'm like, I love yeah. all of you. Yep. And I, none of you are allowed to die. And I'm like, okay. yeah, I think three personally is probably my favorite ensemble cast uh, out of yeah. the three games. Um, so I ended up really liking the characters in two. And I'm like, like you get in the, the start of V3 and everybody's like, a little bit antagonistic, and you're not necessarily... But there's no Teru Teru. Oh, fuck <laughs> him. Oh my okay. god, I hate him so bad. Yeah. But okay, Pat is waiting patiently. Yeah, yeah, okay. What is your theory for Danganronpa 3? Okay, so they made a couple of references to it, uh, and I think it's going... They're, 
going to play it a little bit straight where uh, with three, these are literally the only humans left on earth and Mm -hmm. they need to repopulate the earth. And they're like, the reason that they were brought here was originally to be kind of like, okay, we're going to foster humanity. This is like a new garden of Eden. Mm -hmm. But uh, then there's some sort of something happened with Monokuma and yeah. uh, As it always does. As it always does. Some shenanigans with Monokuma. So uh, like I am, I think that with some of the, the story things that they've said so far and some of the things that they've hinted to that these are basically like it for hum- humanity at this point, which I don't know if I necessarily want because mm. that means that my, my favorite, my, my, my characters in the other games are no longer here. So I don't know what that is. I, um, what else do I have a theory about? Who do you um, think is going to be like the final, the final cast? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Oh. Like survivors. Like Ooh. let's say let's. How many people should we limit it to? Okay. Five, uh, six, five, four, somewhere in there. If, just like who? Who do you have like a good feeling they'll make it to the end? It doesn't have to be like a exact count. Just like I think this person will make it to the end. Sure. Okay. Um. This is going to be like. Uh, considering I'm in the middle of the trial, this could be completely uh, disproven in like within like an hour of this <laughs> podcast ending. Um, oh boy! Um, <laughs> can hear you googling the list of characters. I see. I I, I don't yeah. want like I don't I want to google because I don't want spoilers. Oh yeah, that's time. also very true. I have a gift guide. I have a gift guide, a spoiler free gift guide. Okay. I'll find that. Um, Also, while you're thinking about that, the end of the first trial is one of my favorite twists in that series. It's Mm, that was so good. good. We're okay. um, Spoilers. This is actually spoiler conversation. Okay. Go, go for it. But I have something to say afterwards. It's so good. Okay. The game straight up changes protagonists midway through like the first trial. Where yep. you you realize that the protagonist uh, that you've been playing as is actually the killer, and yeah. but but then you like but I feel like they did it like I they did it really well where they didn't just do a um you know like oh you were playing as an evil character the whole time like it felt like it was very very consistent and it felt like it was um justifiable and it was it was it was like they they the execution was really really good yeah I was really. I was really impressed with how they did that, but uh, I liked the original protagonist a lot. So I was, I was originally sad, but I I've grown to like the new protagonist too. So that was pretty fun. Uh, Yeah. I really like it, especially because the way they justify it and like the way you're moving around the different rooms and collecting things from those rooms. It's like, Oh yeah. I mean, that's just something I do in a video game is I collect the items I see and then, and then they wrap it into like, Oh yeah she actually used these to do these things in like kind of the, the loading loading screens between when you were going from one to the other. Right. And it's one of those (laughs) things where a lot of the things that she was doing was stuff like, like very video gamey where I was just like, well, I'm going to check everything. So like, so like when she got the murder weapon, which is a shot put ball, like I ended up, uh, I like, I just, I didn't know that I needed to do that. I was just like, Oh, I'm waiting around. Let me like, inspect everything again and mm-hmm. yeah it's evidence who knows i don't know 
know. Like maybe somebody dropped something. And then it's like, oh, like the, like you start, they go through all of the like hints and you're just like, mm-hmm. why didn't I see this? Yeah. And, and like all the like things that you think are a little bit weird, like how she, uh, built up the books and stuff. Yep. Totally. It, it's like, I'm it's like, really oh, good. that's, that's weird that she did it that way. And it's like, oh, yeah, um, I love it. Oh, anyways. So who do you uh, think will make it to the end? Okay. So give us like a top one or two. Yeah. Okay. So I think that I like Himiko. So I'm assuming I think Himiko might. Okay. Okay. Uh, Himiko is like kind of sleepy and insists that she is a like, like a, a real mess. Like and she's like constantly a- threatens people with uh, cursing them with magic. Yeah, nice. I think- but it's really like weird shit. Like no boys will want to date you, and I'll curse you with my magic. Yeah, yeah. it's great. And and, 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 it, and it, like, but but it's very funny how like extremely lazy she is. Yeah, to the point where uh, she straight up like joined a religion like kind of culty religion because she's like, I'm too lazy not to. And I'm like, <laughs> like, Himiko, no. It's, it's the easiest thing to do. Just go with the flow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think Maki could like last pretty long because I try to hang out with her and she's like, no, no. <laughs> and the last time that happened, that was Fuyuhiko in two. And he ended up lasting a lot longer. Um, let's see. Uh, well, that person died. That person died. <laughs> I really, I really hope that Gonta lasts for a while because I like him. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's like very dumb, but in like a, an adorable kind of way. He's extremely uh, sweet. He is. He just wants everybody to love bugs, and, and like he's massive. Like the, yeah. the opposite of blathers. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like. We're all going to love bugs. I don't think he'll last, but uh, Kibo is the robot and I really want Kibo to live. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a robot in this group of kids. Yeah. Is by it, the way, his title is ultimate, ultimate robot. robot. <laughs> but I really love him because like all of his ultimate skills are very mundane and that there's something extremely charming about here's he's like, all right, here's my, yeah, my ultimate, eyes are flashlights. Here's my ultimate <laughs> weapon. And it's like a tape recorder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty like, great. Kiva. Yeah, like right. he's like, I have the strength of an elderly man. And you're just like, <laughs> yeah, it's great. OK, <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that uh, Kokichi Oma could last quite a while as well. OK, OK. Uh, all right. I think we can call that good yeah. for yeah. Uh, theorizing. I, I've written down your your five that you have there, so we'll we'll explore yeah. that again. The stuff that I heard since I put my headphones on made any sense anyway. So yeah, yeah, no yeah. No, that's yeah. So I, but I don't know. I I am really really into the series, uh, and yeah, like I said, I didn't like at the start of two and three. I was like, mm, will I like this as much as I liked the last one? And then I got like really into the other characters, and I got really. I, th- I think, and I think that's really the big draw of this game for me is that the characters all end up being really fun to interact with and really fun to learn. Like, like the gimmicks are still bad. Like, let's be, but I, th- I think they're kind of less bad in three. Like, they actually yeah. they somehow managed to make it less bad, which I was like, good because they were so bad in two. It's more um, playable. <laughs> 
it's less frustrating. It's less frustrating, yeah. But like, like the the overarching gameplay loop of Denkenrumpa is still really, really appealing to me. Where it's the uh, you do visually novel, visual novelly type things where you uh, you know chat with people and you become friends. And then, oh no, there's a murder, and then you have to investigate it, and then there's the trial. Like it's a very, very appealing kind of like gameplay loop. loop. Yeah. yeah, it's very appealing. At, but if the characters weren't uh, enjoyable, then all of the visual novelty parts would have been would be like kind of torturous. So yeah, um, and, and it, but it also makes it so that when you get to these murders, you're just like active. It's actively depressing. <laughs> Because yeah. you're just like, I want all of the I'm I'm at the point right now, very early in V three, where I I'm like, I I don't think I want any of you guys to die or be the killer. And I know that's not gonna be the case. So yeah. it's it's a bummer because <laughs> I'm like, I just wanna hang out with you guys. Uh and you have to it like ruin it all by murdering each other in a, in this game. But yeah. Yeah, I'm, but I'm so ready to have a spoiler cast about the end of that game. Oh, I, I'm, I'm so excited because <laughs> I, uh, Jeff, you don't know this, but I think in episode one or two of Gaming Fix, we're currently on episode 118. Episode one right. or two, I was like, guys, we need to talk about the ending of Donkey Rumpa three, like because I played <laughs> it. Waiting. I played it. I played it like probably like two or three days after we finished our first game of the year recording, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh no, we fucked up. <laughs> oh no! Because oh, no. because it holy shit! Made. And like almost immediately, I had a conversation with Erica detailing the the core points of that game as well as the ending. Because she's like, I'm not going to play this. Um, so by the right. time we're finished, two thirds of this podcast will know what has happened. Uh, we need to talk about it. And the problem, <laughs> the for problem it. for me is like I I uh, when people explain stories to me, it's not that. I I have a weird um, relationship with spoilers because I do understand the frustration that people have about spoiler consciousness and like that whole conversation. When I have something explained or spoiled, when it's like content from a game or a movie that I read on a screen or see secondhand, it removes the emotional weight completely for me. Mm-hmm. Like if you explain yeah. what happens in Danganronpa, I'll go, even if I, if I played it and went, holy shit, this is amazing. If you explained it to me, I'd be like, Oh, whatever. Um, like, it's just a weird way my brain works where as soon as someone explains something to me, I'm just kind of like, oh, OK. I never like <laughs> I have to see it in like the medium that it was designed to be presented in. Otherwise, it never really has any impact. That's fair. Um, like, I think this game is very much like that in that it wouldn't work in another medium, especially with what happens near the end, like in much sure, in very much, yeah, exactly. very much that near way. Right. Like, and it's uh, very much a, yeah. you kind you need to have played all three games. Right. To um, get so the full impact. yeah, it, you, you, you guys are mentioning like, Oh, if, if you absolutely wanted to, you could skip to three and it would be okay. But at the same time, uh, there are some events that happen in two where I was extremely glad I had played one first. Even though I would have understood it, it was just like I was just like there was a, there were a couple of things where I was just like freaking out yeah. because yeah. of because of like the previous game. So I think that um, it's really uh, you really ought to play all three games. Um, and I and I say this having not even gotten to the ending. It's 
it's it's just it's very fun and i i think that this is a game i'm really glad that i'm going in um blind to the series without spoilers because yeah yeah, (laughs) because because uh well there i mean there's something really fun about that like i i would say that's the same thing too with like the zero escape series where you get where there are certain uh like story events that are just re- extremely impactful. And it's like, yeah, you'd still enjoy the game, even if you knew that in advance, but uh, I, there, there is something fun about, about getting that wait, what's happening moment where you, where you're just like, yeah, what, 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 Makes what? like where, uh, like, especially since I've been in, uh, I, I started a group chat with uh, Andre and Alex uh, where I've been telling them through my, uh, my, kind of immediate thoughts on the game. And there have been a couple of moments where I'm like, wait, what's going on? <laughs> and it's been fun. Yeah. Nice. It it has been fun watching you like have revelations and find things. <laughs> and then I message Alex and I'm like, ha 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 ha. <laughs> yeah, did you see what she just said? <laughs> yep. oh. That's that's gonna come back, huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah, it's it's fun watching you go through the stuff I went through like a year, a two, a year and a half ago or whenever it is I played those yeah. games. Yeah, totally. Yeah, no, I'm, 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 it's, it's, been, it's all, it's all been very, very fun. And I would be very interested in somebody else doing that where they were playing through it and kind of kept me in the loop of their mm-hmm. experience. Cause I, I think that's kind of a fun thing with, with this game. Totally. Yeah. yeah. But all right. Oh, fun fact. The voice actress for uh, Chiaki is the same voice actress for Himiko. Mm. So best girl in uh, Danganronpa 2 and (laughs) Danganronpa 3. Mind blown. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Christine Marie Cabanos. Uh, Oh, I'm playing with the Japanese voice actors. The English dub is actually very good in this game. No, I I, I, I bet. I I just... Uh, there is one voice actor from like I think one and two, and I don't know. I still don't know if it's a plot thing, but I was like, I'm pretty sure it's the same voice actor in the Japanese. And I was like, mm. it was very, it was a very weird experience. But uh, all right, well, that is our Danganronpa weekly update. Yeah, uh, now- I'm probably I'll, I'll hopefully be further in three, or maybe even have finished three by next time. So. God, I can't wait. (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, up next is Pat. You've been, I hear you've been collecting. Yeah. Um, You you can't go outside, so you're bringing the outside to you. I want to note uh, real quick, Alex put in a note saying Fortnite Travis Scott event. I do intend to watch that today. There is actually a fifth showing of it at 3 p.m. my time today. It's the last one. I'm hoping to watch it. Uh, I'm not a hu- really a huge Travis Scott fan, but I hear that thing is wild. So yeah. I'm going to try to try to log in. I saw I saw one clip of it that I think is the major reveal moment. Um, that was very cool, and it made me interested to check it out. Yes. Uh, well, I look forward to hearing whether or not it is cooler than the hologram Tupac. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's that'll be that. Yeah, that's tough. I don't know. What if they? Um, oh man, 
They would totally do hologram Tupac and Fortnite. <laughs> oh, I don't no. want to think about that. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I have been playing a game that um, popped up or I played through a game yesterday that popped up in my Steam recommendations that I had never heard of. I had never heard of the studio or their previous game. Um, it's a game called The Flower Collectors. Um the studio, uh, I had them pulled up and then I navigated away to look at a Danganronpa thing. And, <laughs> um, but, uh, they are an Austrian studio, uh, Austrian, not Australian, which I originally misread them, uh, as Australian, but they're Austrian. They're called Mipumi games. Um, and, uh, I was, this, this game looks striking to me because the, 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 premise is that it's set in Barcelona in 1977. And, um, the, the concept is that you are a former, um, Polizia Armada officer who suffered an accident and, um, uses a wheelchair now, um, at the time of the story. So you're kind of confined to your apartment because your apartment has, uh, doesn't have an electric elevator in it. And um, you witness a murder one night in the sort of square outside of your apartment. Um, and then you work with a uh, young young woman who's a reporter uh, for a leftist newspaper to try to solve the murder. So that premise at first, I was like, OK, this sounds very cool. This sounds very interesting. And the, the sort of twist is that all the characters are anthropomorphic animals. That's so not a. This is not Zootopia or Beastars. It is clearly the reason that they went with that is because it is a very it's a small studio with a pretty small budget. And by making them animals, it's an easy way to differentiate characters without needing detailed um, character faces and stuff. So the fact that they're animals is a cool visual flair and it adds to the overall style of the game really nicely. But it's in no way exploring any themes with using uh, animals uh, mm-hmm. to, to represent the characters. Um, so anyway, I was expecting just kind of like a, a standard, like a murder mystery. Um, but when you boot the game, the, the opening screen reads after the Spanish civil war of the 1930s, the country was ruled by the nationalist dictator Francisco Franco in the years following the civil war, political opponents were assassinated. Intellectuals, artists and poets were oppressed and murdered in 1975. Franco died during the following years. Spain transformed from a nationalist regime into a modern de- democracy. And the game explores that stuff, mm. which was very surprising to me. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, obviously I know, that much. I don't know as much as I wish I did about um, the uh, the development of democracy in Spain. Um, but it is not just a simple little murder mystery. It explores the fact that your character used to be a member of the nationalist police force. It explores the fact that um, there's there's just there's a lot of like. Um, it explores the fact that, uh, specifically the people who were the most repressed and oppressed specifically were marginalized people. Um, there are multiple points where it just flat out says like that, um, like, I can't remember if they, if they talk about race at all on this, but they, they do talk about how. Um, like the raids that would the, the raid part raiding parties um, that your character used to be a part of would specifically go after um, like queer folks uh, and target them um, to repress and, and suppress any, 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 anything that they deemed was a um, 
danger to to natural order and thinking and stuff. And that was just stuff I was not expecting this game to go into. And I was really pleasantly surprised with the way that it it talks about those themes. I think for probably everyone on this call, it would feel a little bit like um, this is a game that I would love to show to a high school class. Mm, Let's put it that mm-hmm. way. Um, it's not as deep of a rumination on these themes as something like Disco Elysium is. It doesn't have quite the same degree of um, literacy is the wrong term because it's clear that the developers understand the themes that they're dealing with on a deep level, but it's not as um, it, it doesn't explore um, philosophically these themes as much <laughs> as it shows the, it tries to portray the result of this kind of thinking and it tries to portray like a real place and, um, and, and talk about real effects that it has on people. Um, and there are times when it's kind of blunt about that in a way there are times when it's blunt about that in a way that I appreciate where it's just willing to say pretty direct things. Um, and there are times when, uh, there's some writing that's a little like, you were really trying to get a point in here and you couldn't quite figure out the best way to do it. So you just kind of said something that, that is, that is like an example. There's an early part where um, very early on uh, where your character is remarking that um, there are these women that run a repair shop across the street and you're talking to the, uh, to Melinda, the character that you're working with. And your character's like, oh, those girls run the repair shop. And Melinda is like, um, they're grown women. They're not girls. And it's like, hey, it's it's like it's great that that messaging is in there because that's like an important thing that people don't say very often. But it also is so blunt that I think a little clumsy. Yes. So for the people that need to hear that kind of language the most they're going to go oh that's cringy in fact Mm -hmm. i saw on some steam reviews people saying that so there are some instances of that there's a later point where they're having a conversation about the catholic church that i'm like it's really good that you're talking about this also this is a little forced uh so it has some of those moments right Um, it's like important messaging but the people who need to hear it might not necessarily connect with the messaging in a way that's uh productive right yeah um, Pat, does it specify, uh, this will seem like a pedantic question, but I, it, it, there's actually a really good reason for it. Does it specify what year it takes place? 1977. Yes. It is days before okay. the first election, the first democratic election. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, um, <sighs> 1977. Um, so a little, are, are you familiar with why else that, that year is significant for, for, for post Franco Spain? Mm, I don't think so. So there is uh, something called the Atocha massacre. So, Oh, sure. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Right. So basically what happens um, in a little education, uh, ultra rightist commando unit comes in and shoots a bunch of uh, lawyers, uh, five labor lawyers for the Com- mm-hmm. communist party yes. of Spain and the work and the workers commission, the CCOO. Um, and that ends up kicking off a lot of things. Um, this is tricky stuff to write about. Yeah. So it doesn't, it doesn't touch on that event. I I know uh, I've for, was didn't have it in my head that that was in 1977 specifically. Yeah. It doesn't touch on that specific event, okay. but 
it's dealing with themes that surround that in a in a pretty direct way. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. cool, cool. And, and in a way that I was kind of expecting it to be um, gentler, I guess. And it's not. And I think that's good. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it's 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 very clear. Um, I mean, it portrays um, the kind of violence and police brutality uh, that police groups did then. Um, and it does it without displaying it in a particularly graphic way, but in a very clear way. Um, and it's only not graphic because, you know, you're dealing with a visual style that is, um, slightly more cartoony. It's not a super realistic style. So, um, but to sort of talk a little bit about like what the game plays like, um, since you are a, uh, you're the conceit being your character is a wheelchair, uses a wheelchair and is, um, and is sort of confined, not really, but for the premise purpose of the story, you don't ever leave your apartment. Um, and so you have a balcony, you have binoculars and uh, a camera, and you're kind of moving around this wraparound balcony and looking at different parts of the environment. And um, at various points, you're either calling things out to Melinda, who's on the ground in the square, or you're taking pictures of things, um, or uh, you're just trying to look at things to get a little bit of like dialogue. And it's a pretty smart way uh, to it, it, there's two things. One, they did work, which I think this is, this, this struck me. Um, they did work with a, uh, disability consulting firm to make sure that they portrayed all this stuff in a way that is, um, appropriate and effective. So, um, uh, despite the only criticism I have of it is that the animations are pretty, um, limited, uh, and so you don't ever see your character's arms moving to actually like, use the wheelchair. You so it's just a real kind of, professor X situation. Yeah. You just kind of slide yeah. around, but I understand that's a limitation of budget. That's not a, that's not a limitation of, yeah, it's of not a choice in, in the, right. in the, in the um, strong sense. And I, 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 and, but, uh, but the other thing is that it does provide, I, I'm kind of, I was struggling with this concept as someone who, um, is not the most qualified to talk about this kind of thing. Um, cause it's not an experience that I have, mm-hmm. but, um, on the one hand, I think it is I could see a, someone finding it a little frustrating because in a sense, you could read it as, oh, they came up with an idea for the mechanics of this game and then decided, well, the way we can make that happen is by casting the character as a wheelchair hey. user. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't think that's what happened. I think that the character was envisioned first because this most things in this game narratively are handled with quite a bit of care. So, but, but I could see playing it and feeling that way. Either way, what I will say is uh, at the risk of sounding, I don't want to sound, I don't want to say anything that, that would come off as offensive in that vein, but I think that the result is a really unique way to engage with an adventure game because you kind of have this bird's eye view at all, at all times. And it's very effective for the kind of budget that they're dealing with, because it means that those animations, since they're a little bit further off, they never feel, they, they almost never feel like they like too poorly animated the characters. There's only, there's only a need for a few voice actors. It's a fully voiced game. Hmm. And they're able to achieve that because there's only like four characters that you talk to Um, the rest. There's plenty more characters in the environment who have a lot of personality, but there you, you see them interacting through your binoculars or whatever. And then 
you have a character who's listening to, into their conversation who feeds it back to you on a radio and tells you about it. So um, it's a very interesting game. Um, I would say that I was a little the only things that let me down were it is not a there there really isn't any kind of um, uh, critical thinking that you have to do to get through the game. I was kind of hoping that there would be more of a like piecing together the murder and actually like having to figure out who done it. Um, instead, it's a very guided experience. There's mm-hmm. a few parts where you have to put things in order where you have like photographs and, and notes that you have to on a cork board, you have to put them in the right order. But there's one there, shouldn't say there's one. There is generally one order that it progresses through and you have to get it right more or less to be able to progress. So there is no like, oh, you got the wrong person kind of thing happening. Um, So I do kind of I was a little bit let down by that, but it's made up for in how strong I think that the narrative is. The other thing that I'm cautious about (laughs) specifically to get to the point that you were uh, kind of making earlier, Jeff, is. Mm -hmm. So there are two narrative paths to this game. Uh Oh, there is one that I played where you sort of recant the terrible things you did as a police officer and sigh and, and work with this reporter, Melinda, this leftist reporter to basically like unravel the sort of conspiracy that's happening. Then there's also one where you sell her out to your former police partner. Um, so I haven't played that other path and I don't know what it looks like. Um, (laughs) I'm going to, because I'm curious and I do want to review this game. So, um, I am going to try the other path. I have a feeling based on, it's very clear that the politics of the people who are making the game are squarely on that route that I played. Like that is like clearly meant as the right route <laughs> um, because it has just this bad. <laughs> yes. And it has a very pointed, it has very pointed dialogue and language in that part to talk about how awful those things that like what, what the character used to do was. So um, I have no doubt. There's no doubt in my mind that this is not like you play the other path and they're like, but also this is good. Uh, <laughs> so I don't think that's happening, mm-hmm. but I am curious to see how they handle you being a terrible person basically. Um, uh, And, and so that'll, that I, I do want to kind of um, before I fully sign off on this game as a really good product, I want to kind of like uh, take a look down that, down that street and see how how it looks from that angle. Uh, One Uh, quick question. Uh, Is there any references in the game to the film rear, uh, rear window at all? Because this sounds real like rear window to me. Yeah, it is very similar. I'm sure that was inspirational to them. I don't can't recall any off the top of my head, Um, but there might be something in there that I missed because I haven't watched rear window in probably seven or eight years. Um, I will also say my other minor criticism of the game that is kind of sometimes the main character there is a certain degree of like the game starts and it doesn't want to tell you everything about the main character's past, but you're also experiencing the narrative through the eyes of the main character. So there's a, there's kind of a point shortly into the story. And a lot of this sounds spoilery. It's you really got to play it. It's not, there's, there's very little here that's, that spoils anything that in what I'm saying, but there's a point in the middle of the story where your character, like early on, it's like, Oh, I was a former policeman and, 
Um, I, I, you know, I had my accident and then I was discharged and blah, 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 blah. And in my head, I'm like, if you were a former policeman five years ago in 1972, you did bad things. (laughs) But the character is like, ah, my policing days. And then there's sort of a point a little bit further in where the character like has a nightmare and then is like, oh, I did bad things. And it's like, Yes, you did. <laughs> you. Thanks for joining. Not that us. much has not that much has happened in the last hour for you to change your perspective. Like, so that was a little a little bit jarring. Of like, I understand why they did it from the from a from a story perspective. Like, they want to deliver this stuff kind of on a drip feed to to so that you have. It's not just like, oh, it doesn't it doesn't just like start at this guy was part of a fascist hit squad. Um, even though you can figure that out, if you know anything about <laughs> the, the, the regime that he would have been a part of. Um, so that was a little bit like, come on, man, you're not stupid. Um, and, but, uh, but, but otherwise, uh, this, the narrative is very strong. And I think that the, that is, it's definitely worth a play. And like I said, I don't, can't speak to the other path narratively, but it does have those two paths. So I'd say it's like a good six hours of, of, gameplay if you were to kind of go down mm. both routes um uh, pat we do there's a couple of other minor choices you make too pat we do have a question from yes. our chat from one chris edgerton who asks yes. quote somewhat important question can you look down and see the wheels turn in the wheelchair um so the you can certainly look down and see your body in the wheelchair um it is like I said. There's no animation of um, the the character actually working the wheels in the wheelchair, and I would have to double check to see if you can actually see the wheels spinning. Um, I want to say because of the angle, um, the arms of the wheelchair kind of block the view of the wheels, so you don't necessarily see the the wheels animating. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise the wheelchair is like appropriately modeled. Um, and like I said, they worked with my ability, social enterprise, which appears to be a Austrian or German consult disability consulting firm. Cool. Um, so I will double check on that though. And, um, and, and for Chris, shoot you a message directly. Uh, I'll boot it up and see if the, if the wheels themselves move um, because uh, agreed, that is important. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to I'm going to be rude and pull the conversation my way real quick because I don't have a ton to say about these games I'm playing. And then we can get into some meteor discussion with what uh, Jeff has brought on board today. (laughs) But what I have brought is uh, Resident Evil Resistance? Question mark. Uh, Question mark. (laughs) Yeah, that's yeah, like, okay. Is it a resistance? Is that what you is, brought? <laughs> uh, did it's, you play it's half of what I brought today. Uh, I did play Resident Evil Resistance. Resident Evil Resistance is the multiplayer component of Resident Evil 3. It's it's technically a separate game. It is it's like a separate executable and everything. Hmm. And the way it plays it may as well be a separate game. It is a asymmetric multiplayer uh game. That that's that's what it is. Uh, you've got teams of four uh, survivors, mm-hmm. kind of like a Left 4 Dead type thing, and then you've got one mastermind who is observing these survivors as they try to escape from like umbrella research facilities mm-hmm. 
and you're swapping around between like security cameras to see what they're doing. And then through the view of the security camera, you can place down things like traps, like, uh, like kind of, um, like bear trap type things, or you can put down zombies and other monsters, zombie dogs. You can put down like a Birkin from Resident Evil two, like a G two, the first boss Mm -hmm. with like the big pipe and the big eye. Oh yeah. And, so while the uh, and then eventually you can like do your ultimate mastermind move, which is like summon a big fuck off zombie thing <laughs> like a tyrant or something like that. <laughs> and then you can actually take direct control of that creature and then like fuck up some survivors and like punch them in the face or grab them by the face, lift them up and squeeze their skull, whatever. Cool. Uh, as the survivors, you're running around these areas like you each they're like right now there are like maybe eight different survivors i think that you can choose from like you can only have one of each on a team so you can't like double up and like everyone's gonna be jill um and most of them are original characters you got someone like uh, martin sandwich oh yeah that's a reference wow. uh, yeah martin sandwich and you got Jill, not not, not Jill, Jill Sandwich, right? Oh. Just a Jill Valentine, <laughs> and uh, so like Martin is good at dealing with traps on the ground, so he can like disable the traps. Sure. I think Valerie, I think, is good at security. You got Tyrone is good at melee, or maybe he's like the tank. I think he's like a firefighter, and he can like raise everyone's morale mm. so they can take more damage. That's interesting stuff like that. Yeah, so there's like some interesting ideas, but it just doesn't play very well. That's unfortunate. Yeah, like I think Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil 3, they both play very well. They're very deliberate games, kind of slow and plotting. But especially with Resident Evil 3, you get the um, ability to dodge. And for a game that shipped alongside in the same package as Resident Evil 3... That dodge sure isn't in this game. Mm. Mm. And yeah, so after playing like Resident Evil 3, I'm like, okay, I want to dodge. I can't dodge. And the areas are pretty small. And you've got four people running around these small areas trying to like pick up like whatever puzzle piece you need to advance to the next area. It's like three areas per like uh, game. And you have five minutes to start. And if you get everyone out, you get like bonus time and stuff like that. Um but so you've got all these people running around these areas, hordes of zombies spawning. You're not getting like left for dead style hordes, but you are getting like there's 10 zombies in this room because mm-hmm. the mastermind knows we need to go through here and yeah. they just plop down everything they could. And we don't have that much ammo. Yeah. 10 zombies in Resident but, Evil is a lot. <laughs> yeah. 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 Even for four people, because uh, it's like a small room. You can only get so many people in. Is there friendly fire? And they're like putting down. uh no, but it is like, you know, lines of sight and things like mm-hmm. that. It's just and you can respawn if you die. So it's not like even if your skull out, gets crushed, it is like, yeah, oh. no, you'll respawn. But you like, it's a time penalty. That's weird. <laughs> and there's like co- there's cosmetics you can get like unlock. I guess you can. I don't know how much real money you can spend on it. I didn't look into that, but you there's like daily missions and weekly missions and you can unlock like cosmetics or new abilities to like load into your character stuff. So there's a lot of customization options. It's, I just don't think it's actually worth playing that much. It's a bummer. 
Asynchronous games like, like that are so yeah. interesting. And it sounds like this one is yeah. a little bit different in concept from, say, like your uh, Dead by Daylights or whatever, because of mm-hmm. the perspective of the the one. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Did you guys ever play the uh, Arma Zeus mod? Because this almost sounds like similar to that in a, in a way, in that you're influencing yeah. world events more so than actual interaction, even though you can, like you said, control some of the characters and like mess with them. Yeah. But like Zeus, Zeus was kind of like what you're describing well, here. What was that game? There was also the game that I thought was really cool that then utterly and completely flopped and they had to refund people's money. That failed last year. Paragon. No. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't flop. That just didn't make as much money as Fortnite. Um, oh, shoot. That's going to make me mad. I don't know. Um, I feel like there. Were, I played like a, a Warcraft 3 mod that was like similar idea where you've got one person who is controlling like all this shit going on and then you've got one per. you've got like a bunch of people like trying to make it through a maze or whatever. But this reminds know, me yeah. of uh, what was it, Dungeon Keeper, the old Dungeon Keeper mm. uh, story uh, or uh, RPGs, where you basically it, you you're put in that same uh, mm-hmm. position of the one. Uh, uh, and I just looked at who designed that game, and that is a Peter Molyneux game. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> huh. All right. Cool. So yeah, that, yeah. Sounds, it sounds interesting. I'm, I'm sad to hear that it, they didn't they didn't stick the landing. They've got content plans through um, through the summer, at least. Okay. Like, new characters and stuff. Like, Jill was the first DLC character. They've got another Resident Evil 3 character coming in. And then I'm, I don't think they've said what's coming in June. Hmm. But if they support it and they get it into a good place, I'm not sure how much of my, like, issues with it stem from there just being... The latency with me in Japan, uh, and I don't know who I'm playing with. Yeah. Um, matchmaking wasn't the fastest, but it wasn't awful. Like, usually less than a minute, sometimes a little more than a minute. Right. But it seems like people don't want to play Mastermind very much. Really? Because they there was a patch that removed the weekly Mastermind mission. <laughs> or the daily yeah, Mastermind mission. That's interesting. So I, I don't know if it's like hard to get a game as the mastermind or if it's just no one wants to be the mastermind or it's not fun to play or something. I, I don't know what's mm. up. I'm so mad. I can't remember the name of this game. Cause there are so many parallels here. It's <laughs> I'm going to, it's going to, it's going to keep you awake at night. You're going to wake. Uh, with yeah. A I mean, I'm not going to be able to think about anything else until I find <laughs> well, this. I'm going to interrupt speak- Jeff's interrupt Jeff's. Uh, right. Well, I got one more game to talk about. Okay. Well, speaking I'll interrupt you. Staying hopefully. Up at, yeah. Uh, speaking of staying up late into the night, I played uh, another VR game, uh, cool. pixel ripped 1995, which is a sequel to pixel ripped 1985, 89, 89 something like that. Yeah. yeah. And this came out this week, or like I think Thursday, Friday, Thursday, Friday, I don't know, someday. And it is uh it's available on Oculus Quest, Vive, uh the Steam Oculus Quest. I believe there's something about it coming to PSVR. Hmm. Uh let me double check that. It's so if you're unfamiliar, Pixel Ripped is a game where you're you're in the quote unquote real world 
and then playing like a Game Boy in class or you're you're playing games and then somehow those games start to interact with real life. Like you start platforming on like shelves and shit or whatever. Um, The setup for Pixel Rip 1995 is it's around Christmas and the ultimate 32 is coming out or something. But you've you've got like a power station and you're playing pixel ripped, which starts off as kind of like a Zelda, like original Legend of Zelda meets Metroid kind of thing, Mm. like a top down world of Zelda and like kind of that map stuff Mm. paired with like the shooting of Metroid. Just like give you a loose idea. And then there's like some Goblin King who's stealing the pixel stone. Uh, which is the the story. Uh, but what, so you're like, I don't know, let's say you're 11 years old in this game. I don't think it ever actually gives you an age, but you're sitting on like your living room floor playing this game. And then like the, the shitty neighbor kid comes over and looks through your windows like, oh, is that pixel ripped? Oh, I beat that game ages ago. Uh, you know, they're going to make a new one, right? It's coming out on the ultimate 32. My, my, uh, uncle works at ultimate. I already have one, but I can't show you. Uh, and so it's really like pulling on that nineties nostalgia, like gaming stuff. Mm -hmm. So, and then your mom's like, you're still playing that game. It's like, you should be outside, blah, blah, blah. And then you get a power up in the game, uh, which is like this gun, and then the gun comes out of the TV and it sits next to your power station. And your mom's like, I'm going to turn that thing off and you can grab the gun. It's like not like a not like a Glock. It's like a Nerf gun, basically. <laughs> and you like shoot the cookie jar on the counter and it like explodes. And the mom's like, well, what is going on? <laughs> and then she goes and she cleans that up so you can like keep playing the game. Uh, and, that's silly. And then like get to a checkpoint and stuff. And then if, if she does turn it off, then you have to like go back to that checkpoint uh so it's and she's the whole time she's having these conversations with like about work like over the phone so you can hear her talking and then the neighbor kid's still being shitty and uh so it's like a fun nostalgic trip that doesn't rely on like hey remember i think i took issue with like the messenger for the way it kind of did some of its nostalgia pandering where it's like uh here's a joke about like john metroid or whatever it was that they said where they just directly reference the thing whereas this is like referencing the like feeling of that era in the real world right as opposed to like just here's a direct reference to the game yeah that's interesting and they do yeah they do like so it's fun to like go from okay i'm playing a game over here so like the second level you go to a video store because some shit happens and your cartridge explodes. <laughs> so you have to yeah, go like, that, to the video store to get a new one. That is true to my experience in the 90s. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the whole happened. like entertainment dis- setup is just like done. It's like TV blows up and then you have a boss <laughs> fight on like your living room floor. <laughs> but so you have to go to the uh, video store to get a new cartridge. And the shitty neighbor kid is there and he's like... Uh, well, I was going to rent this one, but uh, I guess if you can uh, get the secret eighth crystal in Rad Rabbit, which is like a Sonic the Hedgehog spinoff, uh, you can I'll, I'll let you rent it. And of course, there's no eighth crystal. Of course not. 
But what the game sets up is, well, so you're playing on like a power station here, but over here there's like a ultimate 16 or whatever it is. And so the character from Pixel Ripped gets into the Rad Rabbit and instead of playing as Rad Rabbit and doing like the Sonic bullshit, you're like, oh, I can't get through here because I can't curl up into a ball. But if I switch over to this other game, which was like aliens and bullshit, then I can um, get power ups in there and then pull them back into Rad Rabbit and like power ups back and forth. So it's like you're switching between two different games, uh, which is neat and interesting. One second. I have to make uh, so, sure my cat doesn't actually not go oh, for my TV. All right. Yeah, go for it. Uh, that's, you know, classic gamer. Classic moments. cats. Classic cat cats, moments. classic gamer moments. Heated cat moment. But yeah, so I'm having a good time with it. It's, uh, it's like, I think the the weakest part is when it comes to stuff like the dad is like just like peak cartoon sitcom dad where it's constant dad jokes, mm. just like unstoppable. And there are moments where like a boss fight where if you don't do X amount of damage in X amount of time, it's like, OK, you have to redo this phase. And it's not like super long, but that happens enough. Then you start rehearing the same jokes and it's mm. like, OK. And you're like, I get it. I, you know, there's only oh. so much you can write, but oh yes, did you figure this it out? This game, no, I figured out my other question. Oh, <laughs> oh, okay. This I know. Okay, so, uh, one of my friends on Facebook, um, actually, uh, knows is I think related to one of the developers of this game. So, oh, interesting. I didn't put two and two together that this was the VR thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it is coming to PSVR and uh, very soon. I don't know uh, how soon that is. It is a game you can totally play sitting. And but yeah, you do need like uh, touch controllers or yeah. like PlayStation I want to play this for sure. Yeah, this game looks really cool. It It's a neat thing. Uh, I never I never touched the first one, but uh, I'll get a review for this one up in the uh, nearish future. Once I finish it, I don't know how long it is or anything. But. Also, the game that I could not remember the name of was called breach. Um, it was a cool, but flawed action RPG that was sort of like uh, MMO dungeons, but a little more actiony. Um, and it was a one V four thing where there was a mastermind that would spawn enemies and could take control of some of the enemies mm. and, that kind of stuff. Okay. It was interesting. It was made by X Bioware and EA devs. Mm. Um, and uh, they had a pretty bad microtransaction system for getting the classes, the character classes. So um, that was one of the things that sunk it. And then the studio shut down last April. Rip. Mm. Yikes. And wow. they did not wow. give everyone refunds. Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. And first come, first serve kind of deal. It was like if you bought the game after X date, you get a refund. Otherwise, uh. Uh, nope. yeah. <laughs> that's yeah that's not surprising yeah well uh with that with those two games out of the way we can jump into some meaty <laughs> meaty yeah. discussion oh, yeah uh, brought to Something. us by jeff yeah um yay <laughs> i did start playing ff7 remake that was by my the way. first question um i only got so far as what you do in the demo um, which I had already played okay. once before. This won't be a problem. Um, I, I planned for this oh, contingency okay, there because there were good, there were two paths 
There's the easier path, which is not this contingency, but then there's the I got it path, and that's the one we're going to deal with. Um, Two paths diverge. I mean, and I have podcasts. My biggest, my biggest, what I've heard so much about is like the 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 divergence and like the way it it handles the ending is really fascinating. If you're someone who has played the original game, which is why I'm trying to avoid specific stuff about that. But if it's like. Hey, they like I know things like they expand a lot on Jesse's character and there's a side story where you go and see her home. That sort of thing, that kind of level of spoiler is not a thing I'm worried about. If you tell me that like, oh, Aerith turns into a star being and shoots lasers from her eyes, that's the kind of thing oh, I'd like to see on my Pat, we you weren't supposed <laughs> to on. know that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but like Knowing that would make my interest in playing this like go from like pretty sizable to being like I need this game. Now. I mean, I'm already kind of at I need this game though. I just gotta, I, yeah. I am seriously considering buying and replaying Final Fantasy VII right now, like the original. Legit, that's legit. So, in case people um, somehow aren't aware, uh, Final Fantasy VII remake is a remake of a 1997 game where the lead singer of a flock of seagulls goes against David Lee Sephiroth. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> basically uh, there's a whole huge thing. Um, it's one of the, the big nostalgia, uh, but also one of the big sort of proving points. Um, and a lot of bit, folks have been focused on the plot, been focused on the graphics, focused on the uh, voice acting. But one of the things I don't see a lot of discussions on are leitmotifs and what it means to remake a score. So I wanted to sort totally. of bring that up and get this in context. And having beaten the game, um, I'm going to point out a couple of places where there's some interesting stuff going on. But first, I want to at least give give some folks some groundwork. I'm not going to assume that everyone's like, you know, super into theatrical history and leitmotif. So I'm going to give like a very brief sort of groundwork here. Um, leitmotif um, is basically just refers to a melodic idea that accompanies the presentation of a character or situation in a narrative. Um, it, it was popularized by um, musical edgelord uh, Richard Wagner, um, who was a total control freak. Um, but <laughs> he basically, um, he came up with this idea not just because he wanted to, to signal, oh, this thing is present, or oh, this thing is happening, but he wanted the music to narratively contribute to whatever is happening on the stage. Um, so this this is actually super important for a lot of a lot of modern fantasy, a lot of contemporary fantasy, uh, whether it's science fiction, speculative fiction, or whether it's more medieval, medievally grounded. Um, and there's some general principles for that. So like they they create what I call affect traps or affective traps, where through familiarity with the music, through the sort of um, affective shading that you get with different kinds of tonality, um, it creates a, an immersion effect. You're not distanced from the narrative. You're in the narrative because you're, you feel some sympathy or some kind of resonance with what's going on in the music. It can deepen, and this is probably the most important point, um, it can deepen and make a complex, extremely simple dialogue. Like this is a thing that Star Wars has used to great effect. Everyone loves Star Wars. Well, I won't say that anymore. It used to be the case. Um, <laughs> we still love Star Wars. We just hate that one movie. Yeah. It's, it's a I shame love... they never made a sequel to The Last Jedi. <laughs> exactly. I love Star Wars. That but like... perfect, 
I think I think the other thing though is that like loving Star Wars comes with realizing that a lot of it is garbage. Like right, right. If only they had made a sequel to the cinematic masterpiece that is the Last Jedi. Yeah, it, right. that would have been really nice, but it, it, it never happened. And and I think that Star Wars is is like one of the things that I actually ended I ended up sort of spoiling the movie for myself because I listened to the, the leaked soundtrack and I was mm-hmm. able to put together the the plot beats and I went and I saw it and I went well. The editing for this is shit, but this is pretty much what I thought it was. And um, yeah, and and one of the, and I think that speaks to the power of John Williams's sort of score and the way that George Lucas uses image uh, like imagery and what have you. Now, John Williams, I I I don't valorize the dude, but basically, yeah, um, same. You know, yeah, he's he's very much like, you know, Wagner looks like a really good guy to to improvise off of. Let's just put it there that way. Um, <laughs> among other uh, reasons. Anyway, he's a very good. He's a very strong composer in, in creating not just like motifs, but also like recognizable ones. Where yeah. even if you're not necessarily a well, even if you're not necessarily like a like a music person, you probably can recognize a lot of John Williams's music. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's pro- he's uh, prolific. That's for he's sure. Very prolific. Right. He's very prolific. Um, so you can use leitmotif to uh, deepen or make complex simple dialogue you can use it as a cue for affective expectation but why do we really care about this in the final fantasy context well bluntly put the composers of square are what whole or of what held what have held together the anime tropes of the entire final fantasy series period because yes yoshitaka amata is very important yoshinori katase is of course extremely important as is sakaguchi but when it comes to on the ground concrete stuff, when I, I don't I'm perhaps perhaps I'm speaking I'm 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 speaking too generally, but I remember being twelve years old and I really didn't care about Yoshinori Katase. I cared about the, the music. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, with, given the limited amount of dialogic <coughs> moments within sort of JRPGs generally, but especially old JRPGs. Um, or even in this new weird Tetsuya Nomura kind of trend where all of a sudden folks can't complete a sentence um, where everything's elliptical, mm-hmm. you know, where everything's very much like that is. So what? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and like, it's yes. like five minutes of that dialogue. The only thing that's going to get you through it is the music. Um, <laughs> and even then it probably, it you know, um, so yeah, this is, this is ex- extremely like important to Final Fantasy and JRPG in, in general. And there's like two different like ways to go about this, right? So like, how do you remake a score? You can either try to reproduce it. You can kind of create, try to recreate a note for note original score and an often, but not always higher fidelity, um, you know, using different instrumentation choices, or you can recompose it and recomposition is risky. You know, you risk creating a last Jedi situation. You risk creating you know, a huge amount of backlash, especially if it's a beloved work where, but you also have the opportunity to find different kinds of emotional centers because the really, what the end goal I think for remaking a score is going to be adding life, capital L life to the score and such that further ambiguities and these sorts of affective resonances can be set. Um, in other words, like a good score is not just a, a remake in 
in the sense of like, oh, it's in higher fidelity now. Now, now I, it's no longer listening to it on a cassette tape. Now I get to listen to it on a CD, you know, um, but it's more of an exploration of what possibilities lie within melodic, the melodic core of what a song's idea is. So I've rambled on about like, you know, the big ideas behind Leitmotif. So Final Fantasy VII Remake is really interesting because they do a Casablanca thing. So um, for those of you who've seen Casablanca, the score is basically one song varied over and over and over and over. It's the song that played that plays in Rick's bar. That's basically what it is. You're going to hear that song in every single scene. Yeah, you hear they, they say Sephiroth, but in like high... <laughs> Pitched voices like <laughs> over and over and over again throughout Sephiroth. that movie. It's Sephiroth. so weird. Sephiroth. Right. Sephiroth. Yes. <laughs> um, the the so I'm like okay, I'm expecting something like that. Um, and what we get is we do have a kind of song where there's literally having gone through the game, counted through them, twelve versions of the same song. There are twelve versions of "Let the Battles Begin." which is the random battle music from the OG Final Fantasy VII. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and what's interesting is that, and it kind of gives us a model of sort of uh, a model of how, how the score is going to be treated for certain other moments in that game, um, where you begin with a sort of recomposition approach. Like uh, in the demo, um, you sort of get a little bit of um, you get the, the tie back to the root seventh tonal center of all final fantasy battle themes, otherwise known as every single one. But then you also have the two leitmotif ideas with that particular one, but they're kind of diffuse. They're, they're not as defined and you keep, they don't resolve melodically at all. <clears throat> and then as you go through with the breakthrough, um, um, as you progress in the plot, eventually that recomposition slowly brings in more instruments, more tonal elements, and finally you do end up with a kind of reproduction rearrangement of the original, um, which makes stronger choices. Um, because I don't know if y'all have heard the Let the Battles Begin uh, from the original Sony PlayStation 1 sound chip, but by God, that sound chip's horn sound font collection is just amazing, incredible, it, <laughs> sure it, ingrained upon my psyche. Like I actually played it on PC, so oh, I did not hear that. It's I heard the PC. It's the something sound card version of it. It really is something else. And so basically, what the what um, believe this is uh, Masashi Hamauzu uh, did with Uematsu's score was targeting areas in, in the original tracks and going, look, um, that horn section in the bridge, who boy, is that just a, a real punch you in the eardrum? Maybe we can make this not that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, but we, you know, there's these sorts of modes of improvements. Um, and then you get like in, in certain high stakes boss battles, you get a completely sort of deconstruction almost of let the battles begin. Um, you even get a Hatsune Miku kind of version, <laughs> um, which is real weird. <laughs> but that's not to say that like, you know, the score is a complete success story. So a, a really good example of a failure of the remaking score 
especially in Final Fantasy VII Remake, would be a beloved fan track, Crazy Motorcycle Chase. So in the OG game, you're escaping from the Shinra building, you're on your motorcycle, there's Red 13 and Barrett and Tifa and Eris in the truck, and there's a bunch of Shinra motorcycles, and you and you have this really kind of dancey but sort of ominous uh, sort of song that's going on. It's very, like, gets you keyed up. And when you... I, okay, Pat... This, 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 I am going to do my very best, but this, I'm going to classify. I can, I can take my headphones off. I can take my headphones off for a minute. Here's <laughs> the thing. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to classify what I'm about to say as a spoiler. I'm going to classify it as a warning. Because I don't want you to have to feel what I had to feel. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> So the first time, there's two versions of Crazy Motorcycle Chase. The first time that Mm -hmm. you experience it, you are on a motorcycle. That's correct. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it starts out with that sort of an updated version of that tiny little eighth note kind of repetitive thing. And you're like, oh, oh, I know what this is. And you're like getting pumped up. And you're like, yes, you know, I'm, I'm. gonna be a thing i'm 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 gonna you're just completely it's 1998 and you're there and then all of a sudden when like the bass drop would go the song does drop in a way into um well you're we lived in the same part of michigan it drops into 101 wrif um, oh no! Into <laughs> it drops into like uh, theory of a dead man. Yeah, into theory of into kind of or a breaking very Benjamin. Generic <laughs> breaking Benjamin is perhaps a really good example of this. It's it's a very oh, generic no. hard rock sound with someone with a cheap Ibanez and an orange amp. Oh, and so you <laughs> wish that? So I should have played this when I was like fifteen. Yes. And there's lyrics because this Tetsuya Nomura gave that to us ever because he figured out simple and clean worked. Why don't we bring that here? And I hate him. Okay, for hey, it. hey, look, don't, look, okay. I don't. You, you're, you're, you're walking on some very thin ice. <laughs> Do not bring my queen into this. I like simple and clean quite a bit, quite a bit. I just really question whether it belonged in Kingdom Hearts. But uh, it, it 100%, 100% does. I have like zero. Oh I don't have God. much affection for I'm Kingdom Hearts. I'm leaving this like, mm, mm, that, ga- that song is, needs to be in there. And Skrillex needed to be on Face no, My Fears. No, yes. I will not. I cannot. So you're wrong about everything when it comes to Kingdom Hearts three. I mean, I'm so I'll, I'll totally like. I, I have no hatred for people for for Kingdom Hearts fans like at all. But like at the same time, like Kingdom Hearts is just something that completely bounced off of me. You, you so. missed the saga of me. I I never got into Kingdom Hearts, and then last year I was it, like, it, it <laughs> early was last year I was like, incredible. I should play all of Kingdom Hearts, and then <laughs> I played did. every Kingdom Hearts game in about Why? three months, and I'm it's now one of my favorite video game series of all time. That's the most. It is incredible. It was it, it was amazing it so to witness how it like went from like zero to Kingdom Hearts and <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah it went from zero to hero oh, yeah. yeah wow yeah that, exactly yeah, uh, Kingdom Hearts three was on my top ten like oh yeah that that's that's you're a, great that's, Pat yeah, you're yeah. just great yeah <laughs> I I listen to the King to Kingdom Hearts music all the fucking time 
okay. I don't listen uh, to any other <laughs> Karo Yutara, but I do listen to King Arthur music all the that time. Is, the last album I bought was her new album. <laughs> yeah, she, anyway, like I have, sorry. I have a, I, I have a lot of tell. like, I have a lot of respect for her. Yes, yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, so, so yeah, be be aware that you know, Crazy Motorcycle Chase. There's gonna be one version that just that ju- it's just gonna it's just gonna break your heart. Um, yeah. but the thing, um, that's good to know. I, I have a question morning. about that though. If yeah, this was your first experience of Final Fantasy VII, and you did not have those expectations mm. of good, having good. of having that context. How would you feel about it? Like, would it would yeah. it have fit? Like, does um, it fit the scene? I mean, generally, because I'm a I'm a grumpy old man. Um, <laughs> I I would have liked it better had they not put the vocals in. Mm. Um, because the, the problem is, is that, and I think this might be like, an also like a sensory processing thing where I'm like trying to pay attention to the dialogue. And like, if someone's singing at me, I'm like, for the love of God, shish. Well, (laughs) that's the, that's the, to, for, to, to seriously like show, say the differences between like Mm. the, the music with lyrics in kingdom hearts is all is pretty much always deployed at the top of the game. Right. With a as a like, deployed. sorry, it, that's just it's a like, word for it. It's, <laughs> it's, it's the like forehead deployed. You get this. You get a. You get a crazy. It's released upon. You get a crazy music video that's like tied to the plot, but also like very esoteric and strange. Yeah. And then they don't really use music with lyrics for the rest yeah. of the game. Well, I don't know. Kingdom Hearts three. <laughs> I don't even remember. Just does oh, oh, have oh, the entirety oh. of Let It Go. That's incredible, though. <laughs> that sequence is one of the best moments of the entire <laughs> game. It's the entire scene from the movie. It's the entire scene from the, the movie game. with Donald and Goofy and Sora just in the background. <laughs> but I, I think, yeah. <laughs> That's a different my playthrough thing. video where I, I poorly sang along. Uh, it's gone anyway. Lost time. Anyway, like, yeah. I, so I would, I, I wouldn't enjoy it. I don't think if it was in the middle of like a boss fight or something. The, you know? An interesting way on that because that is something that has come up in other games. And there's one composer I can think of who got around it. And that's uh, Keiichi Okabe. With, no, yeah, uh, that's with, what I was thinking of too. Pier Automata because they use a, a yes. made up language, so there are words, but yes. like you cannot understand them. Yeah, I think it works real well in Devil May Cry Five. Yeah, and and I and maybe just Devil May Cry in I, general. I, I, I think they can also make an argument. Do a good job with vocals, can also make an argument but, for Shoji Meguro with Persona okay. music that has lyrics every now and again. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah. Persona Five. Yeah, Persona Five. Uh, oh, and that's four. a really interesting like exception because I, I I absolutely adore the Persona Five soundtrack, but I think maybe. Maybe what I'm griping about isn't necessarily the presence of uh, presence of vocals. And let me let me revise my position. I, I think what I'm griping about is um, the lack of ducking. Um, yeah, that's what okay. I was going to say. Is the mix on Persona because it's a thing in every Persona game. Well, Persona Three Forward, where there's sequences with really good music yeah. with lyrics that with really good lyrics in the background but the mix is so good on the mm-hmm. audio mix in general in those games between sound effects voiceover music is so good yeah. that i think that has a huge effect on that and i think that's true of near as well that's very yeah. true yeah, um, they understand sidechain compression yes they do <laughs> exactly i really wish more people did oh <laughs> So yeah, um, I think the only the last thing I'll, I'll say about the Final Fantasy VII remake that's non spoilery because there's like there are there are obvious choices 
to talk about in this score and I'm not going to do it. (laughs) I would like to do at some point, I'm saying this now, so this will force me to actually finish the game (laughs) shortly. Good. I would like to do a spoiler conversation about FF seven remake because even just playing the, 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 the (laughs) opening again, I think I fucking love that game. Like Mm -hmm. uh, the, the combat in it is so it's like if you took kingdom hearts and took it from in my head, made it good again. Yeah. It's like in my head, I love kingdom hearts combat, but intellectually I know it's not very good. Mm -hmm. And um, (laughs) this is like, what if it was actually like super good? That's that's Uh, funny. So yeah, I mean, it's very similar to kingdom hearts. Very, very similar. Uh, it's just it's Nomura back at his peak whereas Kingdom Hearts was like there I think there is like a long lull in like what he was doing like his his, to call to call back to what I said earlier this is a game which gives you direct um I would I would even say uh like intimate control over the combat capabilities of multiple characters with very specific ability sets Mm. and like that is like I said earlier, something that I really like. And um, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, 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 the play of like um, switching to Barrett to shoot at turrets and then switching to cloud to deliver um, melee combos is like super good in my opinion. Yeah. So. That, that stuff gets much better just throughout the game. <laughs> anyway, continue. Uh, uh, but I'm sure that we'll have a place if you're interested to address those yeah, kinds no, of spoiler I'm, questions. Um, and as, uh, talk about some, some, some of, what they do musically and what it might mean. Um, yeah. For things. Yes. That's, that's <clears> a, that's a, the foreshadowing that is done. I can't, Andre, you mentioned that they add in little bits in, that weren't in the demo in the opening yeah. of the game, the game proper. Yep. And that's why they didn't do the save transfer. And I had trouble parsing, which was what things were in it and what things weren't. But certainly I am very excited to see how they handle what is actually happening in final fantasy seven, because that's my favorite thing about that game in the past. I don't really have as much affection for, I like the characters, but I don't have as much affection for the characters. Like the, the, the few, like the big spoiler that I won't say, because I know there are people who are experiencing this for the Mm -hmm. first time when that happened in that game. Originally, I did not have like, it didn't hit me as hard as I think it hit most people because I was like, sure this is a moment in the story. I want to go back to one of those labs and learn more about this weird shit that's <laughs> happening. Please. Can we do that instead? Cause I don't care about this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Cause I was also, you know, 12 years old and like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't care about characters and their relationships. I care about the weird sci-fi shit that's happening. Right. Uh, so yeah. Um, uh, I, I think uh, one, one thing, one recommendation that is really easy to sleep on in this score there are three versions of Tifa's theme. And oh, that's cool. Yeah. And the three versions, all of them are really good. Um, actually, uh, technically four, if you're counting the jukebox one. Shit, I forgot about that. Um, <laughs> so you get the sort of standard introduction. They, they, we no longer have the most miserable oboe in existence taking the melody line. Oh, um, <laughs> you know, someone fi- it's the second most miserable oboe. <laughs> right. uh, they they changed uh, the instrumentation of it, um, so that's um, and then we also get this really fun EDM version. Um, of Tifa's theme, which surprisingly works. Uh, Mitsuto Suzuki, who did uh, Mobius, um, 
uh, the Final Fantasy Mobius game, um, was involved with that one, and then Hamauzu took over, and there's this really gorgeous one, just Chef's Kiss. You know, I didn't even. Mm. I was. I, I. I've been sleeping on Tifa's theme this entire time because I would just hear that Sony PlayStation One oboe sound font and immediately leave the room. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but now I'm just. It's like, not even good on PC. It's just bad. <laughs> it's bad. I love the oboe like more than probably most people, but that's it's bad. Yeah, bad. It's bad. But this one, they they're like, no, no, you know what? What if we gave it to a real cello? And what if we gave it piano, oh, piano accompaniment? And what if we understood dynamic control? And it's like, yep, okay, one hundred percent in. Please, please, more of this. Um, yeah. So there's there are some really great pieces here. There again, there are two score pieces that I've, I've already sort of inferred. Not going to talk about that. Um, everyone's going to pay attention to, but I would urge, especially music fans or people who just enjoy picking apart music, to just to take a take a second look at a lot of the otherwise incidental music um, and notice the kind of changes because there's some really brilliant stuff happening. Um, and I think um, if this is the kind of work of, of musical labor that we're going to, we should expect from um, future iterations of this game. I am at least hopeful that I will at least get a pleasing oral experience. If not, <laughs> yeah. Um, I uh, I did not play the game. I did watch the ending as soon as it came out, though, because I heard people talking about it, and I knew I wasn't going to play it because I don't have that much reverence for the original. But mm-hmm. at least wanted context for the conversation that was to come yeah. because it seemed like enough people were kind of like being split by it. Um, and even I, as not a Final Fantasy VII OG fan, uh, am familiar with works like One Winged Angel because I've you know you hear it everywhere. And mm-hmm. watching parts of uh, the cutscenes and hearing the way they did reharmonization and reorchestration of all of those, like even for me, like with that context, it was something really impressive. Like it's really cool the way that they took melodic phrases that you would recognize from the original and put it into a completely different context. So it's not like they're taking the exact same arrangement. Okay, bar three is the same as bar three. No, it's like okay, you know this melody you recognize. Okay, we're going to move that over here, and we're going to give it this yep. thick brass undertone, yep. and it gives it way more weight. So, yep. um, like, it's really interesting how they do that, and I think uh, props to the arrangers because that kind of reharmonization is extremely difficult. Hard. That is such <laughs> hard. That is such hard work. And yes, absolutely, uh, Masashi Hamauzu is just just nailed it. <laughs> just like yeah. yes, this is great. Yeah, this is great. So, uh, I want to give a quick shout out to this YouTube channel that I came across like a couple weeks Fixed ago. Podcasts. I think. Uh, Fixed Podcasts. Well, also uh, re- relevant to this conversation, Fixed Podcasts and uh, Alex Mukala, I believe is how you say his name on uh, YouTube. He's a music composer. He's worked on movies and I don't know if he's worked on games, but he covers and breaks down game soundtrack Ooh. stuff Ooh. on his YouTube channel. Mm. Yes. Um, and so he's got like he's done stuff where he has uh, like re he's got a video for how to write a FF7 remake boss theme in five minutes where he's working with other people and they're sending him like guitar and drum tracks and he's like layering mm-hmm. in piano and uh, stuff like that and kind of going through his process and breaking down a lot of these things you're talking mm-hmm. about and, and like 
talking about Persona and Nier, uh, games we brought up earlier, <laughs> like reacting to and talking about why these songs sound so good and why they're just like exceptional uh, musical scores uh, for games and just in general. And he's very excited about all That's of cool. it. Yeah, uh, like I think he talked about the Airbuster theme, and he's like, "I was shaking by the time I finished editing or like filming this video." Yeah, um, I also want to say that this is a minor spoiler. If you are planning on playing the FF Seven remake and um, uh, don't want to be spoiled on stuff that happens at the very beginning in the part that is covered in the demo, but that this was not in the demo, there's a moment when you kill one of the. Um, the scorpion or not the scorpion tank, but one of the, the, the other, the, the walking, the sweeper, the car tanks, the sweeper. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. The moment when you kill, where you kill sweeper, when Barrett goes, I was like, that is the dumbest shit to He does that multiple times. It's very funny. He refers to it as our victory song. Yes. It's very funny. I would, that was a, that was a nice little treat. That's beautiful. That that was one of the things that made me okay with replaying stuff that I did in the demo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've generally already find him um, an extraordinarily frustrating character, uh, which uh, you know, when nobody here is fully qualified to speak on true. the reasons as to why. However, uh, that was a really nice moment, and yeah, I, I like when it. Barrett works, he works really, really well, and when Barrett doesn't. <laughs> It's bad. Oh my god! <laughs> it's bad. It's uh, it is like ooh. it's like if you did that. It's a it's a good thing. It's a video game because uh, is Robert Downey playing him? Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> At times I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, hey, yeah. So last week, you, oh, Pat asked if. Uh, I was going to say last week, Pat asked if Barrett swears and Barrett doesn't swear because they moved all of the swears to Aerith. Yeah. <laughs> I wish that were real. There's a really, there's a, oh, I don't want to, uh, I know you had a point too, Alex, but there's a very cute video. I can't remember uh, her handle, but there is, a, there's the, the, the woman who plays, Aerith. That was so cute. Um, oh she God. tweeted. She tweeted video of her streaming from when she first heard her her voice acting in the game in the finished game mm-hmm. when the scene where Aerith is introduced and it's incredibly adorable and I highly recommend. It was it's extremely good. It's not that hard to find. I, I recommend looking it up. There's also a couple streams. This isn't Final Fantasy VII, but like you find voice actors from like Fire Emblem the three houses playing through the game and like sometimes they're doing it in character and it's very sweet. Um, the three houses cast then, is very adorable. Yeah. And, Didn't yeah. the Claude actor call in to like games done quick during a playthrough yes. of the game? Yes, yes he did. Yeah, um, that's great. But uh, more back to what Jeff was talking about. Like if y'all ever want to have a deep discussion about soundtracks, I'm always in Jeff. I'm not sure if you have this, con- I'm not sure if you have this context. I have two degrees in music, so I'm always happy to talk oh, music. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. So yes, uh, I was a professional yeah. musician for about for 15 years before I actually got into nice. philosophy. So like yeah. I can't leave it behind. Um, <laughs> yeah, same same here. <laughs> so excellent, good, good. Um, yeah, this this is. Um, so I'm, I'm glad. I, I again, I have I heavily recommend. Even if you like freaking hate FF7R, if you if you're like no, this ruined the series, and you get all you know everything about it, that's okay. Just pick up the soundtrack. It's still worth yeah. your time musically, you know, because the soundtrack is it is. 
It's enjoyable. Very enjoyable. Uh, oh, one last uh, sentiment I kind of saw going around a little mm-hmm. bit. It wasn't like any grand critique, right. but it was, I think someone, I, I think it was too mellow. Uh, I saw saying, I wish when people made like remade or, you know, uh, recomposed a soundtrack that didn't just mean make it, make it orchestral. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, have any yeah. thoughts on? Yeah. Um, so, uh, and, and, um, so what half of me is very much like, yes, you know, um, we need to start thinking with different toolkits of arrangement. Um, mm-hmm. unfortunately, a lot of the filmic sensibilities of RPGs and the filmic sensibilities of video games these days tends yeah. towards the orchestral, because that that's a lot of what these original scores were trying to mimic anyway. But right. I, I would agree provisionally that you know if you wanted to really be daring and take the risk and be like okay like um (laughs) i just thought of something um if in a certain moment in the og final fantasy 7 that we're all collectively thinking about that hits very hard um were to rather than be have the music that plays uh, with a piano, right? You have the piano mm-hmm. and then the orchestra comes in. If instead you kind of went, okay, what if we went just full Bear McCrary here and we just put in a duduk and just had play the melody on, on the duduk. And yeah, I, on, on one hand, it's like, che- it's like soundtrack cheating. Because, like, for Westerners, they hear the Armenian duduk and, and like, instantly we just get sad because <laughs> we've been, like, <laughs> conditioned by Gladiator, by Bla- Battles- Battlestar Galactica, whatever that is, is the sequel series. <laughs> um, and just Barry McCrary in general. Um, but something like that, you know, where you, you move it outside of even, even-tempered instruments and you go bold. Um, I would be interested to see a composer with that kind of audacity. Um, will we see it? Uh, well, I mean, mm. depends. Well, um, are, are, are we <laughs> well, like in, in Final Fantasy specifically? In Final Fantasy, I, I, in Final Fantasy, I'm not holding out my breath, but I, I'm not holding my breath. But I think anything that's been composed by Yasunori Matsuda stands yeah. a much better chance because he's already working outside of Western tonal centers because he loves his. Iberian yeah. and Hungarian choir work. Yeah, and like you do get stuff like Urdu's and stuff like that in the near soundtrack. So like yeah. that's why I ask from Square specifically because you will hear that kind of yeah that stuff there. But you will, and I think that's what makes near near soundtracks quite so haunting is that they're just they're like even tempered. We don't need it. Um, yeah. <laughs> let's hit those. Things. And they're just they're so um, because of their their willing. They fully embrace that sort of like. Um, out of Western, uh, that, 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 uh, separation from Western musical tropes and soundtrack tropes, I think in a way that a lot of other, um, music from Japanese games, and this isn't meant as a criticism necessarily, but so much of it is, is emulating Mm. Western film score from, and I don't mean necessarily from square specifically. I just mean like in the space of Japanese games, it either focuses largely on, um, emulating the kind of music that you get from anime. And then there's the, the, the side that's more like, um, 
influenced by traditional classical composers, traditional classical comp- Western classical composers right. that lots of Western uh, scoring is influenced by. Yeah. So, which is why um, the near soundtrack is so interesting because it has one foot in classical contemporary uh, Western music and then traditional Asian composers. Right, yeah. and it gives it this sort of otherworldly yeah. quality that makes it actually sound like it's from a planet that we don't know exists yet. Yeah, and they're uh, all about fucking they're rad. all about they're all about <laughs> microtones. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> microtones, my jam. Yeah, I mean, and, and but on the other hand, like there, I think there is a place for like uh, for Western stuff. Like I can't imagine imagine Castlevania without Bach. Without all of the Bach totally. quotes, yeah, 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 yeah. there's exactly. just so much Bach yeah. quotes in that. Um, yeah. <laughs> but on the other, but I think that there is a there's the seed of a of a legitimate critique there of saying, you know, does, does re, rearranging, remastering always mean we have to go with the with the orchestra from the Bayreuth Festspielhaus? Like, is that really <laughs> yeah. like a thing that we need? And it's like, well, oh, yeah, <laughs> we're doing a we're doing it's, a. It's approaching the. Do we need the slow brooding cover of? Smells like Teen Spirit. <laughs> in the oh or, or or if, Mad World again, and you're yeah. like, oh my god. Or or if we're going to space, does it need to sound like Holst? Right. You know? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff, have you yeah. have you ever seen the 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 War of the Spark trailer for Magic the Gathering's oh, War of the Spark? I thought set? that was Transformers. <laughs> No, there's also a, there's also a, a War of the Spark Transformers. Okay. It's the All Spark, please. Um, no, but I'm pretty sure there's a Transformers movie called War of the Spark. Uh, probably. Okay, I'll send it to you. We don't, I don't want to spoil what it is, so I'm going to send it to oh, you. Good. And you can watch it later. Oh, good. <laughs> it is it is perhaps my favorite trailer of all time because it is also the dumbest thing anyone could possibly do. My with, body is ready. Uh, popular music battle for <laughs> battle for the spark was a subline imprint for the final portion of the beast machines franchise <laughs> there you go yeah, beast machines is that, is that the same as beast i think Wars? so, I think so. Uh, okay anyways now that we've moved from final fantasy 7 remake light motifs into, <laughs> into beast, magic War, the and beast wars trailers <laughs> yeah uh thank was, you for that though, uh, speaking oh, of yeah, thank you everything Everything being the same, uh, like every company came out with the same like COVID nineteen commercial, like oh we're all in this together it's, with like stock and, footage and the piano. And it's it's so funny yeah. because uh, my family, like since I've been staying with my parents, um, we like one of our kind of like routines right now is that we all watch uh, Jeopardy together. Fuck at yeah, the, yeah, which has been really really fun um, because we all like we all really get into it and have like specific things we do but we're also all of my family is very extremely antagonistic towards the like local uh channel that hosts that airs jeopardy and all of their covid19 stuff they're like because it's like oh care Levin's here for us and we're just like ah like actively just going like oh are you and so i love that it's it's been very fun to be just like extremely weirdly antagonistic to our uh, local uh, channel that airs Jeopardy. I, I can get behind being antagonistic towards your television. <laughs> and also just every company that's like, hey, these are uncertain times, but yeah. don't you it's need to buy commercial. new tires? And you're just like, what? <laughs> what? Yeah, you're going to want to go driving as soon as this oh is over, God. as soon as you can. You're going to want to be ready. You're going to need these new tires. So, Iris infect tires? 
Yes. Uh, no, but you, like, you're going to want to drive for a long time. <laughs> you're gonna Things be, are tough. You get out of your house and get into a very tight and closed <laughs> space. You're going to want to drive to New Zealand. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, Jeff, I'm curious. Yeah. Um, I know we're kind of long here and you had written down something about control. I mean, I'm curious if there's like a, sh- a TLDR or like a preview for another conversation. about yeah, what Maybe, you were maybe a, maybe a preview of the conversation because yeah, we're sure. like, we're, we're, we're getting into five star podcast runtimes. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, that's what we do here. Yes. <laughs> uh, so the, the thing about control, which, um, I, I've really been fascinated with, um, is that it, it starts to speak to a very certain style of Western animism and the secret life that we dread within objects. And that's something that I think in horror ends up going, it doesn't get talked about nearly enough in those, in that frame. And I think control tends to, um, bring that frame out really well. But on the other hand, like I'm trying to figure out how to like balance this cool story about um, animism with this weird long shadow of Naughty Dog Studios um, because that thing mm. feels like Uncharted every time I play, <laughs> every time I play it. And I, Ugh, well, I can't. We have to have that conversation someday because yeah, that sounds really interesting. But uh, yeah, because yeah, so. I, I and we have such strong differing opinions on mm-hmm. this show of what because because Control is easily one of my favorite games of the console generation of the decade. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and, we all know how know, Alex feels. Yeah, <laughs> and then on top of that, I have some great disdain for Naughty Dog, like mm-hmm. their entire catalog. So right. I, yeah, so it, another time. Yeah, absolutely. We'll have to, yeah. Time. Dig yeah. into that. So, listen to upcoming episodes to catch that one. <laughs> yeah. So you might want to, if you, on your podcast, uh, subscribe to our podcast, and so you can listen to more episodes and, yes. and, and tell your friends. Leave some reviews on Podchaser, Podchaser dot com slash gaming fix. iTunes too. Just leave, leave leave reviews. You know that'll help you. Pick, uh, yeah. Can you review podcasts on iTunes yep. still? I thought that was all yep. shut you down. Still can. Oh, you can. Uh, yep. Leave one on Consumer Reports. Um, better business better bureau, business yep. bureau, Yelp, Yelp, Google, Travelocity. um, trusted <laughs> reviews. Please review these people. They're very nice. And I like them very much. <laughs> <laughs> just shout your review out into the void. Just like, like open your window and be like, Hey, listen to gaming fix, please. Um, four stars out my window. <laughs> Excuse you. Five stars. <laughs> You, yeah, seriously, come on. You've heard of howling at 8 p.m. Just Blair Gaming Fix out your window at 8 p.m. Yeah, pump it out your, your lowrider with like its massive fucking huge deck. Just only out the subs, though. Get all your, your massive speakers, put them on your balcony, and play it for all your neighbors. Yes. Uh, everyone's home. Uh, you know, it's... That's funny. Anyways. Anyway. All right, well... Uh, with all that out of the way now we can get into some we'll do like a, a speed round of news yeah. and if there's anything that people like have thoughts on we can we can address it because we got a whole big list here we have a whole big list and we're already like what like almost three hours into yeah this almost, episode. almost three maybe but, yeah. maybe the fun exercise is everyone can offer one word about each news oh. Oh. word I, I think some of these are are worth more than that. Like I worry that quick comment for us. One word is like a minute per person and yeah. a little more than that is like 20 minutes per person per story. <laughs> well, uh, 
We'll see. Let's do it. Okay. Speed round. All right. First on our list is yo, a lot of Nintendo accounts got like compromised uh, and you should probably put two factor on your account, yep. though it seems that the issue has been resolved and it had to do with a Nintendo accounts and Nintendo IDs yes. being tied to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically if your Wii U and your switch account were somehow connected via that system, maybe yeah, yeah. Really yeah. It, it, seemed from, indi- yeah, it seemed it independent from your password that you use for your current Nintendo account. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. but yeah, Two factor is definitely going to help. And hey, if two factor authentication is available on any website, you should probably use you should, it. You should probably Do use it. it, yeah. And I didn't even realize Nintendo had it. I oh, yeah. I didn't set it up until logins all the time. After all and this. then, so. yep, finally saw that they offered it. So, yeah. Riot for years did not offer two factor authentication and would ban people first offense if like their account was hacked. Yep. And it's like dumb. no no appeal. It's bad. It's bad. <laughs> yeah. It's terrible. Uh, all right. Next news story. NVIDIA announces company-wide raises and promises no layoffs during pandemic. Well, should but would sure be good if other companies did stuff like that. Uh-huh. Um, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I just got laid off, so that's my... Yeah. <laughs> that's my, like, yeah. hmm. Uh, didn't want to get too much yeah. into that, but, you know, yeah. it yeah, is what you know, it is. It comes out. Um, I think, but I think, good for NVIDIA. Yeah. I think it makes sense. Like, I think there's some companies that really should be doing that, and I think most companies that are on the cloud... Are probably in a place like if their business is mainly on the cloud and Nvidia is debatable because they make so much hardware, but still, right? Um, yeah. Like, and everything is fleeing their cloud service. They also make yeah. arguably essential hardware for a lot of people right now yeah. because yeah. Um, there are so many right. jobs that are work from home that yeah. do need um, video cards to be able to perform their functions. Like, if you're, it's not just with gaming. I mean, if you're, well, if you're an engineer, how about or, a, a game maker? Yeah, if you're a developer or even if you're an engineer or who if, uses CAD tools or other kinds of programs. Or if you're a um, podcaster who needs some RTX technology for noise canceling <laughs> on oh your uh, Okay, that thing is really cool, but we can get to that another time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But regardless, uh, I think we should also do a video or a video card podcast because holy shit, uh, RTX cards fucking rule. Yeah, let's talk about the RTX 30, 30 line. Anyways, I think this is a good precedent that everybody yeah. is setting, and I hope that more yeah. more companies follow suit. Um, yeah, yeah, those that can, obviously. Yeah, sure. yeah. Um, oh, all right, next up, going back to soundtrack discussions. The Doom Eternal uh, soundtrack is a mess, and Mick Gordon, the composer, uh, wasn't really part of the process. Yeah, I love to say though, of yeah. putting out the you, putting out the soundtrack as like on like Spotify and stuff. You vary the lead in that in in our notes. It says uh, it's a dang mess, and I feel like we just needed to bring that out <laughs> into sorry, the world. It is. It is a dang, a dang. <laughs> did, they, did anyone ever confirm that that those Twitter DMs were real and that that was actually? Because I know there was a little bit of like question as to the validity of the story because a lot of the reporting on Mick Gordon's opinions were over Twitter DMs. And, uh, uh, Mick, there are uh, like tweets from him, okay, yeah, the, you DMs, can, where he is like, "I didn't mix those. Got it, got I wouldn't it, cool. have mixed them." Yeah, this you way. can you can so. find him commenting on videos, saying like, "Oh yeah, you know how it sounds like this isn't an odd time signature? That's because someone put it together who doesn't know how music works." Wow, like, okay. he's like, it cool. wasn't composed well, in an odd time <laughs> signature. Someone just kind of jammed it together, and it's there's a lot of reasons I wasn't planning on playing Doom Eternal anytime soon. And I'll add this. Oh to no, no, the, the, the in-game like, in music is, is I know, fine, I know, yeah, but yeah, I get the, it. The, yeah. the 
disc slash digital release of the soundtrack mm-hmm. is it's unlistable. Like, okay, I I'll dive into it really quick, but like their sidechain compression is awful because I'm gonna listen to it after like, this just to th- see. There's one point where like let's say it's doing this big big build up and then there's a moment of silence and then it has like a big hit. Uh the big hit is sidechained to the bass drum, so all you hear is like a big bass drum and everything else duck down and then come back in and it sounds terrible. <laughs> That's funny. I'm gonna listen to that I, after it's just we're done. Awful. Here. Anyways, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's too bad it sounds like Mick Gordon will not work with them again because the, his soundtrack and music Dude, have some really cool made those yeah, games. Yeah. That did yeah. also come out of this that sounds like Mick Gordon doesn't know if he's going to return to Another Doom sequel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, hey. All right. Next up, Red Dead Redemption Two on Xbox Game Pass. That's One word uh, response. Cool. Yeehaw. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it seems like a big get to me. I know we kind of yeah. when we talked about it briefly, it sounded like maybe it made sense to a lot of yeah, folks. Uh, since it it seems like they're far more focused on Red Dead Online and yeah. so getting that in the hands of as many people as possible uh seems I'll say briefly like that a no-brainer. Despite I mean that game has a myriad of problems like every Rockstar game, um mm-hmm. but I tried to get into the online a little bit uh <laughs> like last month and it is rough. It sounds broken right now. It's not even that it was broken, it's that I made my my character and they make you make them look like shit because you have to start with garbage tier, like everything. Yeah. Uh, and then I just wanted to buy a new hat and it was going to be like a 20 hour grind to get enough money to buy a new hat. Cause they price everything at absurd level. Like you're getting like period accurate amounts of money for doing tasks. Like, Oh, mm-hmm. you helped me drive these cattle to the next town. Here's $2. Um, but then the hats in the catalog are like $400. Oh. <laughs> it's like Ooh. the cost you of buy some currency, a railroad then. car. Buy some, uh, yeah. Or you can buy gold bars and get it. Shark cards, anyway. <laughs> gold bars. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Super Mario maker Two world maker update. The last major update for Super Mario Maker 2. Nintendo. Got a Nintendo. That's such a weird yeah, thing. If you want a one word, one word answer, Nintendo. Yeah. yeah. God. It, fe- uh, it yeah. feels like they squandered a lot with that game. It, uh, yes. It, like most of their games, uh, <laughs> they, they, uh, like especially the online stuff and like anything that has to do with like community focused, they but, just. Yeah. For all we know, they, screwed up they say time. this is the last major update. They could release in June incredible community tools and say that that's not a major update because it doesn't include it, new game pieces. You know, like, it's uh, ridiculous. yeah, yeah it it, uh, but the history would say no chance. Yeah, no, <laughs> but no. Uh, the the world stuff is like a big feature that people, yeah. people really wanted. It, that, so. it, it, it seemed like people. I think it'll yeah. be really cool to see, and I kind of want to re-download it so that I can see what people do with it. But. Yeah, it, it, this update is really awesome. I wish it would have been there at launch, uh, especially like yeah. the yeah. Mario Two stuff they're adding. Like that stuff is yep. pretty cool. So many people have fled the game at this think, point, and like maybe this will pull them I back think. in. But like the really prolific creators, at least my understanding is, they just kind of disappeared. Yeah, I, it. Because they like they could go and use custom stuff and make like Kaizo levels or whatever and share them online. Yeah, they're doing ROM hacks like instead at this point. Because like yeah. the major problem with two, in my opinion, versus one is one they ended up making a system to find new levels that was really good. It was web based and you can add it yeah. to like a queue. And then this one they never did. Like then they still still have yeah. not. And even with this, it seems they have not. 
Like, yeah. So discovery is just not there. Yeah. Seems. Yeah. And then, yeah, all their kind of online stuff is wrapping up right now. It seems kind of, I mean, the smash is still yeah. going, but I feel like there was didn't, something else that was kind of wrapping they just, up. They're bringing back yeah, gonna, the, the Splatfest, Splatfest yeah. the first one, the mayonnaise versus yeah. ketchup. That's, That's back. interesting because I thought they said that the previous Splatfest was going to be the last one ever. Well, I think it's because, like, the I think because of the quarantine. Yeah, I think so it's like, kind of a what, special thing we can do. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. Um, all right, next up, source code for CS:GO, Counter-Strike: GO, and Team Fortress Two got leaked, and there was and an update. It, it, it that, that the code was old, yeah. yeah, and any issues or that would arise from it are not and not an yeah, issue. So basically Alex, you're more computer yeah, focused. Um, they were saying like originally what happened uh, in the story was that, that that code got out and people were very worried that people were going to kind of dissect it and look for vectors to kind of get in there. And in fact, like the potentially like we were talking about with the riot uh, anti-cheat software before, mm-hmm. right? Like right. finding a way into your kernel and being able to watch shit, which is bad. Um, so people were worried like, okay, CSGO and TF2, very huge games. If people have access to the source code, are they going to be able to find a way to inject and like start hanging on to like like hang some bad code into your computer via that vector? Mm. Um, but the update that came out a day or two later was that Valve engineers went through it. They're like, oh, hey, don't worry about it. This code previously leaked like <laughs> two or three years ago. And, uh, and we're good. We, we, this, basically, everything in here is already gone. So don't worry about it. Mm. There you so go. That's. That's it. Don't worry about it. Sick. <laughs> also, <laughs> also sick. WWE 2K21 uh, canceled. Uh, never officially announced, but confirmed. Not releasing yeah, this year. They should stop making those games. Yes. <laughs> like they decided to do that. Uh, probably they're so bad. What the re- uh, but who knows what the but, reasoning behind this was? This one, like they shouldn't, because they're such glorious. Exactly, messes. that's my my thought. It's like they keep people employed, so as long as people are getting they're paid bad, time. but they produce some amazing gifts. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, but it sounds like something like there's another WWE game in the works. Of course, there is, but it phones. is not. Yeah. It's supposed to be like a replacement for 2K21. It's huh. going to be uh, a super card for console. Yeah, I was going to say, I bet they take one of the phone games and they put it on a uh, PS4. They should, what they should do is they should, there was like a phone fighting game yes, like, that's what I was uh, that NetherRealm well. made, yes. and NetherRealm should just make a WWE game. Where you could game. make Roman Reigns an actual Roman gladiator. <laughs> <laughs> Roman Reigns. when he spears wow. people, he actually throws a spear through them. Yep, exactly. And it's got all like the X-ray moves from uh, Mortal Kombat. It had Trish, Trish Stratus as an actual like Emma Frost Valkyrie. type. Ice, oh, okay. I thought she was like an Ice Queen character. Oh yeah, anyway. she was. Anyway, yeah, she moving was. on. This is not the time we're playing. This, this is to important. Discuss no. WWE champions. <laughs> there are like multiple Triple H's and Undertaker. <laughs> exactly. And... Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, next up, I thought we. Oh no. Uh, so last week we talked about how Jason Trier is leaving Kotaku has left Kotaku and he has announced he's going to Bloomberg to do his same reporting on video games and labor issues. Sure hope he covers labor issues at Bloomberg too. Yes. But also it's I love Jason Schreier and he should get paid and I'll read his Twitter still. Yeah. I, if I don't click on his I links. think most people's reaction to seeing the Bloomberg name was like, oh. Huh. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Um, <laughs> I just saw that I'm like 
deserves to get paid. He's done some like great work, but also it, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be my first choice of place to watch or like follow him to. But also, I hope he could change it from the inside for the better. Maybe. I feel like I say that yeah. every time someone goes to a major media outlet, and it never happens. Yeah. So I do hope it's, that he is the uh, <laughs> uh, the the exception to it, that. It is true. J- Jason Schreier's got moves like Bloomberg. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Okay, that's it. Now I'm depressed. All right. Okay. No, no, no moves like Bloomberg fans. Okay. Uh, Call of Duty Warzone cheaters will be forced to play together. So good. It's so it's good. good. Justice. Uh, I've I've seen some other stories saying that crossplay uh, with PC players was forcing uh, console Xbox PS4 players to go. No, not doing yeah. crossplay because like cheaters There's on the rampant. PC side yeah. are just too much. Yeah. yeah. So that's uh, I haven't played in good. a couple of weeks, so I'm glad to hear that this is happening because uh, that maybe means it won't be as bad if I go back to play more of yeah. that. And for what it's worth, right. it's fun watching those kinds of servers. Like if you ever find a video on YouTube of oh, these yeah, servers, they all cheated. Yeah, because it's just like yeah. watching people get sniped from a billion miles away all, the entire time. <laughs> yep. It's just very stupid. That sounds extremely entertaining, and I kind of want to go f- see if I can find that. Yeah. Um. Let's see what next on our oh, list. Yeah. Yay. Danganronpa Anniversary Collection 1, 2, and 3 announced for phone. I have no idea how it would be, how yeah. fun it would be to play on phones, but at the same time, uh, now that I have gone from uh, zero to Danganronpa, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm excited more people will get to play this series. I, I hope it comes to, I hope it's coming to tablet. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I feel like if, I like if you could play that on a tablet with like a Bluetooth controller, that would be like a perfect way to play those games. That would be really good. Sure. Um, yeah. And cause they were, they say and they, it's simple enough. You wouldn't need a controller. Yeah, the, either, so. the original game was a Vita game. So yeah. And it says that they're trying to optimize it for touch controls, but at the same time, like, <clears> I don't know how it, that'll be. I could see some some of the yeah. trial some of the trial stuff like the truth bullets etc like those could be pretty nice on touchscreen. Honestly, actually. that might yeah. actually even be a little bit better. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. because I've been playing it with controllers, so I'm just like, oh, trying yeah, where to you have to move the reticle really slowly and yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and they're all yeah, right, but. <laughs> Cool. We'll, we'll see what else that uh, studio announced. Yeah, this was part of that. That's the studios that's supposed to be having the yeah, okay the yeah. news the news stories yeah, the, or the monthly yeah. the broadcast. monthly broadcast. So this is probably one of the first ones. And yeah, and it says uh, in the tweet from Spike Chunsoft uh, that this is to kick off the tenth anniversary. So uh, this isn't it's not by the any last. means the end. Yeah, I'd love to see what they do next. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, two stories left. Uh, we'll go the shorter one first. Lizzo's juice removed from rock band because it had people sing the N-word. It was the uncensored Made. version of the song. Oh, oh, oh. I didn't realize that. It I was, thought it was, it was the censored version and people were just No, it was it the anyway. uncensored version and I was gonna of say, the song. Oh, 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 see, if, you, if you wanted to score 100% on that that track, you needed oh, to. Oh, that's see, because I saw this and I was like... The lyric was I'm there. Like, just do it like the rest of us and go... Mm, and then it's like, don't say it. But it's like, if it's like, you need it to score, that's like, that's a it, different it, thing. It says I mean, it, it's, you can score points in rock band without saying the words. Right. <laughs> yeah. right. You just have to make a noise. Yeah. But, but I, think, I think part of it was like the word was in the game. Yeah, and it's interesting. It was not supposed but, to. But this brought up a more interesting point for me. 
Rock Band is still putting out DLC. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> they put out all the time. Jesus. Yeah, they put out like three songs a week or something. My God. Like that. I didn't crazy. Rocksmith 2014 just stopped putting out really? DLC. Really? I mean, Juice is a really wow. good Lots of people play yeah. Rock Band still. They, huh. Their DLC still does pretty well, from what I understand. What was that, Allison? Cool. Oh, uh, just that Juice is a really good song. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Lizzo's good. Lizzo's uh, good. And our last story of this week. We're almost there, everybody. And our old friend is back to take us into the S- selling that essential quarantine up supplies. GameStop plans oh, right. to reopen some stores and cut executive salaries. Okay, that last part, that's all right. Uh, the cuts are from like 30 to 50%, depending on the person. Uh, and they're like in certain states, Georgia, which is reopening this For some week. reason. And. Uh, West Virginia, I believe, uh, stores are going to open, Country so some people can go back to work. <laughs> Almost heaven at your local GameStop. <laughs> Get Fallout seventy six and the new DLC. NPCs are here at GameStop. <laughs> yeah, so like I think cut executive salaries is nice, but I'm interested in seeing if they get like a hundred percent uptick in bonuses. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Who knows? Uh, well, Who knows? if there's money, and, yeah, I mean, for if, a lot of like any money ex- left at the end, for a lot of like upper level executives, like salary is not even like close to what like the oh, it's, it's like such a smaller percentage of their compensation. Yeah. Like, yep, yep, yeah, yeah. It's it sounds really good, but it's like, is it actually going to do much to affect their compensation? It's like, oh no, it'll make payroll for a couple months. Yeah, for the lower employees, but. And I think there has been some stuff about how Final Fantasy VII sales have been kind of severely affected by the quarantine and the lack of like physical copies being able to get out there. Uh, Like, I think still something like three and a half million were sold or something like that, but they could have probably done more if stores were accessible. I think something, an interesting byproduct of all of the current quarantine-y kind of stuff is that we were always seeing the issue of uh, brick and mortar stores needing to exist because people were just not willing to move into digital because they were just forcing mm-hmm. themselves to stay with physical goods, be it discs or whatever. That Yeah, sure, there's an mm-hmm. uh, online equivalent, but some people just want that physical good. But now it seems like a lot of people are being forced into the digital side of things, mm-hmm. which yeah. like in some ways I'm interested in seeing what that means a year from now. Like, Does that mean that... Yeah. Physical is just going to have a much smaller stake, and then we're going to be more digital in the future. Like I'd imagine, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's what the manufacturers want, but yes. we'll see. Because there are so many things limiting the ability to do that, as far as like internet sp- and you know the fact that internet caps have been lifted for, for the duration. Yeah. And weirdly, my internet like still that, works, but. which is not supposed to be the case. They're supposed to need those caps, right? <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, <laughs> strange. Well, I had one little you know. hiccup yesterday. Other than that, it's been totally smooth. Mm. Weird. That's, that's so strange <laughs> uh, that it would be so different. That's weird. Yeah. Who knows? Why is well, it so, it's why all, I'm using all this extra time that I'm spending downloading games, waiting for games to download to sharpen my guillotine. Yeah. Why is it? <laughs> why is it so? <laughs> why is your net so neutral, Pat? I don't get it. <laughs> Yeah, it's weird. It's it's my internet is centrist. <laughs> Maybe you should sopa it up. <laughs> oh, I love the dab at the end. That Thank made you. it. That made it. <laughs> anyway, 
Andre, you have to go to bed. <laughs> Andre, so I don't have to work on Monday. I, I'm I've got two days of work this week, and then for basically the rest of this month, I'm quote unquote work from home, which that's some bullshit uh, that I'm not gonna have anything to do. So. Yeah, I get paid. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Allison. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I think I've got to a point where I can laugh at it, so that's okay. That's good. Yeah. That's good. That's it's acceptance. That's the important uh, step. Anyway, thank you all for joining us for episode 118 of Gaming Fix on April 25th, 2020. I've been your host, Andre Cole, a.k.a. Your partner's favorite scented candle. Well, that's right. The scented candle thing. That was like a year ago. You can find me on Twitter at CoolSloss, C-O-O-L-S-L-4-W. And you can find the podcast on Twitter at FixPodcasts. It's late. I'm never going to (laughs) remember. And you can uh, review us, please, on PodChaser.com slash GamingFix. And give give us an honest review. Let us know how we're doing. You can email us at gaming at fix.space with questions, comments. Honest review, but five stars. (laughs) Uh, But please put the review on Podchaser, but, you know, uh, do what you can. We'll have some reviews going up on fix.space in the coming week. Uh, And Pat, where can people find you? You can find me at PJC Plays and hopefully combing the streets of Midgar soon. Okay, great. Allison? So you can find me on Twitter at W-R-I-T-E-R-S-E-R-E-N-Y-T-Y. And now that I have some free time, I'm going to try to do some more writing. So hopefully you'll see that hey, eventually. That'd be great. Yeah. Awesome. There's Alex. still You still owe me some an essay about why Citizen Kane is good. Oh, my God. I I guess I have to go rewatch it because I haven't watched it in like a thousand years. But <laughs> Maybe you'll maybe no, you'll, can't maybe be that good then. No. You have to rewatch no, it's, it's it a good, to It's a good movie. <laughs> Uh, Alex. Um, I'll be here playing Sequoia Izayoi gives you advice and dabs. Natori Kawashiro offers you advice, advice in exchange for cucumbers and eats the cucumbers. <laughs> Boy, governor. <laughs> he ate all my ate all my cucumbers. What the uh, fuck? I don't know. I don't know. It's 1.30 a.m. Uh, Jeff. Where, where can people uh, find they can you? find me uh, if not in their in their local university in a Zoom uh, session. They can find me on Twitter uh, at Stranger Peace. That is P E A C E. Um, and uh, please give these very nice people a review. Go to podcast <laughs> Podchaser. No, we're podcaster. Look, make up a podcast review site. <laughs> No, uh, but Podchaser, um, and give these people an honest review. Send them questions; they are lovely. Um, and we're on IMDb. I, think you can rate I don't know if it's actually right. live yet, but yeah, what? fun fact: we're technically the first um, podcast listed on I don't IMDb. Know, I don't know if that's. <laughs> I will say that and nothing more. <laughs> Wait, are we are we are we NDA'd on that? <laughs> I don't know oh. how NDA that information. Oh, oh uh, I'll, maybe I'll bleep that part of the recorded version. <laughs> okay, uh, you know what? I don't know. I'll look it up. Don't Let's see if it's don't worry about life. it. No, it is it's, not. I just uh, looked. It's not. It's Does, not. Doesn't affect yeah, me. So. In, in their database, we are the first ones. <laughs> okay. Yay. Uh, well, congratulations <laughs> to the thing we can't talk about. <laughs> Thank you. 
yeah, uh, it's all it's all coming together. <laughs> love it when a love it when a podcast comes together. Love it when a podcast <laughs> after 118 breaks episodes. NDAs. All right. <laughs> Thanks for joining Thank us, you. Jeff. Uh, have a good you. one. I hope everyone has a Bye. great day. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye.